What's happening, weirdos? This is my conversation with Pete Davis, an incredible fellow and author. He wrote the book, I want to make sure I get the title right here, Dedicated, I knew that, but The Case for Commitment in an Age of Infinite Browsing. This is a topic that I am very, very passionate about and very interested in, and I'm so glad that Pete could come on and illuminate uh, some of those some of those uh, lesser lesser extolled virtues. I'm going to say extolled virtues up top. Uh, I am doing a live, just a couple things to plug up top, my live Largo show. If you want to come see me do stand-up, just go to largo-la.com and look on the calendar for Pete Holmes living at Largo. July 12th is the next one. Always, always, always an incredible show. Be sure to check out Dedicated by Pete Davis as well. Not Pete Davidson, <laughs> Pete Davis. And if you like the show, why not try a Pete's Pick like our friends at Ritual. Ritual makes my favorite mail order multivitamin. It comes in the mail. I take it every single day. I love it because I can take it on an empty stomach and it doesn't upset my stomach because these pills that they make are time release. So they wait until they get into your lower intestine before they break down. I do intermittent fasting. So that is super important for me to take a vitamin that not only doesn't affect my fast, but won't make me feel sick because sometimes vitamins on an empty stomach will make you feel sick. It's also the only multivitamin I've ever, ever taken that doesn't make my pee look like predator blood. It doesn't like give you highlighter pee. They also make Symbiotic Plus, which is the world's best, in my opinion, prebiotic. It's got prebiotic, probiotics, and postbiotics to support a balanced gut microbiome. Symbiotic Plus is really a three-in-one probiotic. Gut health is so, so, so important, not only for digestion, not only for elimination, but also they're saying there's more and more data that says our gut is basically like a second brain. So I take my gut health super, super seriously. And I'm so glad that Ritual is making one now because the Symbiotic Plus is not only the best one that I've ever taken, but it doesn't gunk up the works. There's a few uh, pre, post, and uh, probiotics that I've taken in the past that shut the whole system down. Uh, Symbiotic Plus, in my experience, gets everything working just right in a single nested minty capsule. That's one daily capsule that you do not need to refrigerate, which I think is so incredible. Uh, it's designed to thrive. It's a delayed release capsule designed to help reach the colon, not the stomach, which is the ideal place for probiotics to survive and throw uh, and grow, excuse me. They're designed with moisture-controlled bottle technology to protect the probiotic strains, which means you don't have to keep them in the fridge. In fact, a lot of the probiotics that you see that are in the refrigerated section in the grocery store, the reason they're in the fridge is because they're too fragile to survive any condition. So I, they're not going to make it home, is what I'm saying. You want ones that you can keep in the cupboard. So Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to help celebrate, not hide your insides. There's no shame in your gut game, and that's why Ritual is offering weirdos 10% off during your first three months. Visit ritual.com weird to start your ritual today or add Symbiotic Plus to your subscription today, just like Val and I have. They have the most, two of the world's most studied strains with over 350 publications of human clinical trials. These are the best uh, probiotics that I've ever found. Give them a try. Show your support of this podcast. I get into it. Also, we are brought to us by our friends at Living Libations. You guys know this. We are a Living Libations family, the Holmes Cheney family, the household. 
I've been for many years very careful about what I put in my body when it comes to what I eat and what I drink, but I noticed I wasn't being very careful about what I put on my body. I was buying shaving creams and face washes that I thought were fancy and good because I bought them at a mall kiosk and they had a French name and they were expensive, but of course these chemicals are made by corporations that don't give a shit about you and they're filled with toxicity levels and chemicals that are linked to disease. These things were never intended for the human body. And of course, what you put on your body gets into your body. I want to eat food where I recognize the ingredients and I, of course, now want my skin care to be the same. Enter Living Libations. They've completely rehauled every product. This is a great way to support the show, by the way. If you have something that you use every day, I promise you Living Libations has a high-end and natural replacement for the random chemical nightmare you may be buying at the pharmacy. For example, every morning, Lilo, before she goes to preschool, we cover her in sunscreen. A lot of sunscreens that you see even on Amazon or whatever that say they're natural, they're not. They're just doing slightly better than the more chemically ones. But if you want a truly, truly natural zinc-based sunscreen that you can feel good about slathering on your baby's sensitive skin every day, get the Love the Sun sunscreen from Living Libations. If you want to do what I do, I'd use their ginger exfoliating scrub, which is not only made with ingredients that I recognize as natural and real, but is also the most badass exfoliant I've ever used in my life, made with plants and oils and extracts that I recognize. And Zen Shave is what I used to shave. It's a shaving balm that is so clean and so pure that you can actually use a dab of it to rub on your skin as aftershave afterwards. That's how clean and pure and great it is. And at night, both Val and I put the best skin ever moisturizer on our skin. Smells great, gets your skin feeling great, keeps your skin looking great before bed. But this is a great way to support the show. Like I said, whether you need something big or something small, just go to livinglibations.com and use promo code. This is different every month. So it's We Love Weird. The first letter is capital. We capital, love capital, weird capital. Uh, You'll get 15% off anything you find on that website and show your support of the show and do your body, your teeth, your hair, your skin, your eyes. Do them all a favor while showing some support. We really appreciate it. And thank you, Living Libations. All right, everybody, enjoy my chat with Pete Davis. Be sure to check out Dedicated, his incredible book. I love this conversation. I hope you do too. Get into it. You do not have to. on this couch? Great question. <laughs> well, if I've heard... Shows, Although it might freak. Couch, very couch. Well, yeah, this is the first couch I told Val I love you on, actually, because oh, okay, this, this couch used to be okay. in my apartment. Oh it's, man, okay, it's so a, you can't get rid of it. <laughs> well, yeah, no. Well, we yeah. we started doing video, and we were like, well, we shouldn't we shouldn't record on that same old yeah. dumpy couch. Then <laughs> I was like, but it's I can't. Also, I get locked up. Like yeah. if, if if you make it too complicated to go where you want to go, bring the show to YouTube. And then you go, well, to do that, you need to get rid of the couch, okay. put in a table, yeah. build in mics, all yeah. that stuff. I just won't do it. I'll go yeah. like, fuck off. But if you just go like, I think you can just, just shoot it how we've always oh, been doing beautiful. it. beautiful. Right? Yeah. It's no, almost on yeah. theme with your book. <laughs> I, I love know that. That's great. Yeah. There's something <laughs> to tie back to dedicate. I'm not exactly I love sure. It. No, yeah, no, we got a standpoint. Yeah. <laughs> no, I actually feel for you, man, doing my my research, which was a joy, because I love your your yeah message (laughs) i love your message (laughs) but i i also recognize that like you're doing a lot of press or you have done in the past year a lot of press for this show i was going to tell you this is this interview is a special it's a it's a special 
thing in my journey with this book. Tell, tell me everything. What it is? Do you want to scoot? Get your only if you want to. I want you to be comfortable. That looks more comfortable okay, than what yes. you were doing. Okay. You were like bad seat yes. Vegas show for a second. This is great. Yeah. So tell, tell me why. Here's my journey. Um, Love it. You know about the wheel of desire. The like Buddhist, the, the hedonic treadmill, you know, the hedonic like, treadmill. Yes. Okay. There's also the wheel of samsara. There's some. I don't Buddhist know. So right, what, <laughs> you're talking about the tr- the hedonic idea that you know treadmill. you want something, you get it, and then you want something else. Yeah, Dana Carvey, who did not sit here, yeah. he was in the old studio, yeah. but he said, "Beware of empty room syndrome." And I said, "What's that?" Okay. He said, "You buy a bigger house, now you have more rooms, mm. and you have to fill them." Yes. No. So I've yeah. I've had this feeling. You know, I I was like blogging and writing magazine articles and I dreamed of having a book. And I was like, one day, five years from now, I'll, I'll, I'll get to the amount of Twitter follows I need to have a book and then I buy this total what random... What is that number, by the way? I don't, what do you think it is? I don't know. 000? I was curious. I Maybe well, somebody told you the number. <laughs> and I, was, you know, I was just like, oh, okay, I'll be on my grind for five years. Yeah. And then by this total miracle of, uh, of some random rise and grind Facebook page. Rise and grind. Uh, Bless <laughs> rise you. and grind Facebook page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Repo- re-cut up my speech, took out all the boring parts, added inspirational music behind it, and well, then that's it what viral. the internet does. Yes. <laughs> the internet <laughs> trims the fat. And makes it uh, exactly it, what it, uh, you know, exactly consumable. what is consumable. This, by the way, sorry to interject, but I'd like to draw this out as long as <laughs> I can because it's so natural and easy to talk about this. But I was just talking to somebody today about like Carl Jung, has speeches uh, like read by Alan Watts, but like yeah. on YouTube for all of the like, you know, attention deficit, Instagram depression, yeah. whatever it might be, like the negative side of the internet, people are able to find Alan Watts reading a Carl Jung. Oh, that's speech. amazing. People no, there are good things. I'm not. A, I'm not anti. I'm no, not I know anti- you're not. It was a beautiful. Well, it's made my. That's why I'm here on this couch. Somebody right now. Tri- <laughs> took your Harvard speech. Did you go to Harvard? Yeah. Harvard yeah. College? Or- yep. Yeah, and then law school. Yeah, I'm one of those other people. <laughs> That's so fun. Yeah. You know, I'm from that area. Oh, okay, yeah. So I used to yeah. hang out in the pit. This is my yes. claim. I love the pit. It's That's like great. I hung yes. out in Oxford, England. Yes. I didn't go to Oxford, but I was like at the coffee. I was at the Bird and Baby. It's actually a pub in Oxford. I'm very proud that I came up with yes. that. But I, I know that area. We probably yes. went to some of the same pizza places. Oh, I love stuff. it. Oh, yeah. And Nokes. Newbury, Newbury Comics. Hong Kong. Oh, Nokios. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I used to go to Pinocchio's all the time. Yes. Unbelievable oh, stuff. It. This is a thing I've only appreciated in retrospect because, you know, you're in college, you're focused on all the college things. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, wait, I spent eight years of my life in a very cool city and I didn't did. appreciate it enough. And in a really... Even if the school wasn't there, it'd be, it'd be, well, the school's not the cool part of it, it's the city itself. I actually think the presence <laughs> of Harvard keeps everybody on their best behavior. Yes. <laughs> there really is something, even the unhoused people are kind of like, hello. <laughs> there's something kind of, there's something sort of Harvard about the whole, and I love walking around the campus. Once I realized that you could walk around Harvard and like nobody knows if you get in, like if yeah. you can get, I, I can't remember if they lock the gate. They didn't always. No, no, they don't. Yeah. You just walk yeah. through. Yes. Just act like you belong yeah, there. I, I have this funny, uh, I'll get back to my main thing. About I will bring it. No. That's my job. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> but my favorite thing about, I actually have the inverse feeling about Harvard, which is the awful part about Harvard is the the striving, the meritocracy, the oh, the like be. obsession with career. Well, this is the best of the best, and now they it's, have to differentiate it's, themselves. It's, yeah, it's just total. The it's a total uh, uh, insane place. But the yeah. best part is the old fogey college. You know, the like. 
the like we get crazy dressed up at the graduation and we have these old professors that say you know in these buildings in 1748 which is why you asked who sat here <laughs> and, um, and yes. so um, I actually get a kick out of that this part. is where Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> took a golden turd and yes. said I can charge millions for people to get a whiff uh, yeah no I, I am intimidated and impressed by Harvard University I actually would like to step that out a little bit but tell me finish your thing yeah, so I was on this is I'm telling you why this is so special the um the you know i had these i i got really lucky and i got to have a book five years before you know 10 years or i never would have had a book but because i got this miracle thing because of the, of the speech. speech and how it got why cut. did they ask you to do the speech i won the speech contest and you uh, wrote it i wrote it yeah and they read it and they read it so and talk about a meritocracy it to, wasn't like you're the the uncle or the i don't brother. know but then it's like what does it mean that you won this it, it, they're like oh it was uh it well, didn't uh, ruffle too many feathers or something because it's a thing everyone can Get behind. So. I know what you mean. It needs to be a little <laughs> across the plate. Yes, but your speech is saying something. I, I did feel I I'm, I still stand. By, you know, after the journey of the speech in this book, I still yeah. stand by it. Yeah, I was preparing for this interview by listening to the first chapter again, and it's. Oh, do you ever yeah. listen back to? I watch my and you're old like, who I is watch... that person? That <laughs> oh yeah, how do I get back into that? Yes. Like when I do a show, sometimes I'll listen to my old records and be yeah. like. Oh, they want this guy because yeah. there's all the different facets yeah. of your personality. You're <laughs> so, like, well, they seem to want this one, and I'll be that one. I, I guess <laughs> as I get older, I, I, that guy changes more and more. Yes. So I, I have to refresh my memory. Absolutely. Yeah. So you were okay. You listen. So, to that. so I get this, and then I, I have this a total dream. You get you celebrate the total dream happening. You get to write a book, and then slowly the wheel of desire comes in and it's like oh wait i kind of i'd like this book to be successful yeah and then um you know this is uh, Tolle, by the way. you uh, yeah, get your dream totally, house you then know you worry way. about it the no no <laughs> i'm saying for everybody like he's so right he says you got your house you got your dream house and then you worry that your house will burn down yes and, he's right it never ends and then i'm like i want it to be reviewed that's my thing and then it gets reviewed and then i hear oh you know that newspaper actually reviews has done two reviews before. <laughs> I'm like, oh wait, why, why did I only get one review? And then I, you know, I'm getting on the wheel of desire and this totally joyful thing that is a total miracle that I get to get to do and get to share this idea I've been, you know, burbling in my heart for ten years with the world. I get to come on this. Yeah. Um, it has led to a lot of like wheel of desire pain, and so I decided when I when you said I should come on the show, yeah. I said this will be my final thing it will not be a means to an end it will be an end in itself pete for its own sake for its own sake and so i don't even care i i am yeah. sounding fake but it's no. totally real it i don't care real. if i sell a book from this yeah i'm just enjoying that i'm in los angeles yes i'm in here sitting on this couch i'm talking with yes. you yes if you hear me and you think i don't like that guy that's okay yeah and so i'm this is i'm trying to have i'm getting off the exit ramp after this interview well i'm really glad that you said that because it, it is one of the uh biggest interests of my life it, I, I mark duplass and i were on the phone two days ago and we were talking about for its own sake we were talking about ideas and we were like can we just enjoy this phone call where we talk about ideas yeah. and maybe nothing ever happens with any of these ideas? Yeah. And that's what this is. Usually we wait till the God part to go like, just this. I said to the, I did a show last night and I said to them, I go, stop acting like there's something after this. Yeah. Like just, I, I, you could get morbid and say like, <laughs> imagine the conversation we would have if when you walk out, Let's not say you die, but you just fall into an, yeah. ab an abyss and all of reality <laughs> is over. It's not as personal as you die. It's just, it all ends yeah. here. 
it just you suddenly the dust in the air is visible yes. to you and you, and you yeah. really drop into the moment and that's super important so i'm glad that you're that you made that intention and i think it makes a difference Yes, I that guess. You're just going to enjoy this. I'm dad as well, so let's see if that let's see if I can do that. And of course, I mean that is <laughs> sort of that is the drama of this. <laughs> <laughs> this moment. That's the stake. We'll check back at the end. But I actually <laughs> think and tell me what you think that the paradox is if you try and sell your book, people don't want your book. Yes, yeah. I mean maybe, maybe some people it, it's like selling knives or something. Yeah. You can cut a penny with the shears yeah. and that's a certain type of sales. But there's another type of sales, the non-desperate, non-sweaty, non-ham-handed guy yes. that and and this is what I did when I was trying to sell my book. I, I know that sounds like I was trying Ma- Machiavellian like I was trying to trick them, but I would just try to remember what like doing comedy, what made me laugh the first time I thought this thought. That's when I think when I'm telling yeah. a joke. When I was talking about my book, I tried to reconnect to the part of me that wanted to write it in the first place. Yes. Amen. Which was you yeah. noticing. I had two things I wanted to load you with. Okay. Uh, one is um, Buddha. By the way, I think it's like 90% of quotes attributed to the Buddha, Siddhartha, yeah. Uh, are not Buddha quotes. Yeah. That, that's just a fun fact. So this is probably not Buddha. <laughs> the Mark Twain of yes, a thousand, exactly. thousands of years ago. <laughs> Precisely. And Native Americans suffer the same fate, yeah. unfortunately. A lot of things that are just kind of like general and wise yeah. just gets under the umbrella. So many tribes, so many peoples, but they're just like Native American wisdom. I, I learned that from people calling me out from doing it, frankly. But anyway, apparently the Buddha said, if you want to hit water... Don't dig six one-foot wells. Dig dig one six-foot well. Amen. And isn't that? I mean, I I just wanted to put. Nobody's come at you that way, but isn't that? I love that. No, that is the message of the book. One six-foot well. Yes. Yes. But let let's step it out a little bit because I listened to your speech obviously again before this morning, and I loved it. And and it's right. You were absolutely right when we started talking. That is exactly in line with what this show is about. Yeah. uh, Which is figuring out a different way to look at reality. Yeah. And there seems to be a way that, I, I hate to be conspiratorial, but they, meaning uh, the media machine, the yeah. social media, television media, even yeah. movies, and culture, yeah. seems to tell you that more is better, yeah. faster is better. Yeah. Um, online dating has to be something that you think a lot about. Yeah, like, totally. I mentioned it in the book, yeah. It, it comes yeah, that's out. What, like tar- infinite browsing mode, what a thing. Infinite you know, browsing. Yeah, that's what, that's what I, is kind of the antagonist of the book. But um, yeah. no, I don't want it to be the total antagonist because, well, browsing is not an antagonist, but infinite browsing is. Right. And one of the great examples of that is what happens when you just browse through people over tell and us. over again. Because I've heard, I'm going to tell you what I've yeah. heard, but I'm not buttering your bread. You are the expert. Uh, I've heard that people, when you know, and the apps are designed that you might even match with somebody and you start dating and like three months in, they have the science, like when to ping you and be like, Hey, a lot of people are looking at your profile. So there's money to be made in keeping you browsing. Right. I mean, totally don't sell a guy one car, sell him five cars over five years. Right. No. And tell him you have the problem and give the solution. And in in the solution, telling them you keep having the problem, create the problem. (laughs) That is one of the most, this is why I'm so excited to be talking to you. It's one of the most fucked up things in the world. Yeah. How did we get to a place where part of humanity is this section of humanity figures out how to tell this section of humanity they're not happy so they can sell them something that they'd never needed? It's insane. Yeah, no, totally. Including partners. Amen. You know, and and it's, you know, the thing I always like to say in this is that browsing, 
you know that so the 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 message of the book is is the the joy of commitment as opposed to the the pain and that comes from infinite browsing. I completely the long term joy of the parrot over the short term safety and comfort of browsing. Absolutely, um, and I always like giving browsing its due, which is. What do people like about browsing? Okay, one is they like the flexibility. Oh, if this doesn't work, I can always break up. I can always quit. I can always do something else. I can always move somewhere else. Yes. There's a really beautiful part about browsing that I really want to honor. Well, you must run into this, like cultures where there's um, arranged marriage, cultures where there's um, th- there aren't really as many anymore, but caste sim- systems. Oh, totally. Or like, yeah. my name is Holmes. That means we were homemakers. Like, we built yeah. homes. Yeah, you so have it's like to be. You inherit like, a trade. Who wants to be the, you know, you have to be the job that your parent had. Yeah, you if have your last name was Smith, way. you were a blacksmith. <laughs> yes. Like, it wasn't just, hey, Smitty. It wasn't yeah. Smitty. It was your job. <laughs> Yes. And there's a quality to that. There was a there's a happiness tied to that extreme yes. lack of choice, yeah. which is maybe what you're talking about. Yeah. But we've rebelled so far into what I call no one tells me what to do. This is like a total pendulum book. It's yeah. it's yeah. not like one thing is good and the other is bad. It's just right. like I'm noticing we got to turn the dial. I'm noticing. I'm noticing. It's a very we good way to turn put it. the dial yeah. a little bit back because the, don't, people the, don't want you to take away their. <laughs> It's like the illusion of freedom. Yes. Would you yeah. say? So keep on the dating thing. Okay, so I there's like flexibility. You don't you don't want to marry the person if they're not right for you. You want to be open to change it. There's a really beautiful part of browsing which I I call the the authenticity that comes from browsing by jumping from thing to thing. You find the thing that sparks your heart. Yes. You find the thing that inspires you. You find the thing that makes you alive. It won't necessarily very likely won't be the first thing. Right. So um and then the third kind of shallow one is uh it's just fun browsing, you know, which right. is, you know, that's an important thing to have part of your life is to just have fun jumping from and the novelty. The, you, the novelty. You say yeah. in your book that we have more access to more, yeah. like it's sort of weird, but most of us have seen a guy with a beard of bees. There was a, there was a time <laughs> that you would hear the carnival in town and you'd take a two and a half day journey <laughs> to see the guy with the beard of bees, but we can yeah. all see it. You can Google image search, yes. safe search off. Guy with, guy. Guy with bees. <laughs> and then you see pubes of bees. You see, uh, you know, the, Fine uh, uh, hair on your butt of bees. Uh, I love. This, I'm obsessed. I had to put it in the book because I've just, and all my friends are like laughed at me when I put it in the book because I'm like obsessed with this quote by Mark Zuckerberg, where he said he wrote a letter to his son as like some PR gimmick for Facebook at one point, and he said, "My hope is when you grow up, you can have a thousand times as many experiences as." people before you were able to have and i just thought that was the weirdest it's like the weirdest creepiest thing a thousand times as many experiences but that's what i think the novelty is it's like the dream of we could have a thousand times as many experiences that's the problem and and (laughs) this is what we're talking about if you're able to like clear your head enough to do almost anything fully yeah val and i were in new york city you can do anything in New York City. That's sort of the fun of it. It's yeah. it's like living in the internet. But we went into the park and we sat under a tree and we just were deliberately didn't have anything that day. We had one experience. We had one experience. <laughs> but one experience lived fully. That's a memory. There have been days that I've packed with a million things. And yeah. I mean little trite things. I don't mean yeah. hikes up to views. Yeah. Those tend to stick with us. But like when you're just gorging on micro moments, like you said in Netflix, like you, you can't even pick a movie. You get exhausted yeah. trying to pick a movie. So you know you don't even watch a movie. We all know that feeling. But we so few of us seems to know the joy of... Of commitment. I mean, that's totally, totally. Because all of those things I mentioned, they all curdle 
over time. I mm. like I you know it doesn't have to be in your twenties, but I, I like talking about like the beginning of those twenties. Those are very exciting. By the end of your twenties or the proverbial twenties, whatever like different acts in your life and chapters yeah. in your life. Yeah. Those some people's twenties do go into. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have my twenties until my thirties. Yeah, some people have them yeah, in their fifties. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. some people have exactly. them in their eighties. Yeah, um, but no, my dad's roughly seventeen. <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding, <laughs> but yeah, keep and going. They curdle into like darker things. So you know the the flexibility I say in the book curdles into uh, choice paralysis. You jump from thing to thing that you no longer have the capacity to even choose anything because you're so scared that you're going to choose the wrong thing because you know there's all these things. That happens on the dating apps all the time. I hear from people, yes. which is, you know, I've seen nine different guys and, you know, how could I know this guy is going to be worse on some qualities as one of the nine guys because I'm making a Frankenstein guy or gal or right, whatever right. Um, in my head of the best qualities of the nine people I already swiped through or went on quick dates with that I can't even choose anyone anymore. That's the, troubling. That's scary. Yes. The, the authenticity eventually, you know, if, if it's all about finding what is individually the true me, very good thing to search for. But if you infinitely search for the true you, eventually you have what uh, Emile Durkheim, the French sociologist called anime, which is like this kind of spiritual isolation where you have no connections to anything because nothing perfectly fit you. You have no institution that you're loyal to. You have no relationship that you're loyal to. You have no place you're part of. And you uh, you don't have anything to orient you at all. Yes. And then the the novelty curdles into shallowness. You feel you feel like I've done a thousand things and I remember none of it. <laughs> Which is absolutely. I mean, I remember Tony Robbins. He has this philosophy that he's like rocking chair moments. He's like when you're when you're old and you're in your rocking mm-hmm. chair and you look back on your life and you'll be like, man, I I was on that zeppelin or whatever. Yeah. I, and I. I'd love to have him on the show and talk to him about it because in my experience, that's not really how reality works. It's really just how you feel now. And your past is sort of an accumulation that leads potentially maybe to your feeling. But here's something I think more interesting. As you were saying, a lot of it seems to be in service of this phantom, which is your what in the religious tradition you'd call your false self or you might yeah. call it your ego and it's really in flux it's not really a real thing yeah like 22 year old pete had different preferences than 32 year old pete totally. and 42 year old pete so when you're looking for the perfect partner that meets the desires of 22 year old you there's no move and there's no surrendering to the flow and the beautiful chaos of life if that makes sense you're looking at it as a binary like he likes hikes he doesn't eat dairy or whatever it might be and then later in life what i'm saying is we're not uh sat bubbles yes totally we're not there's not some you out there that you must perfectly find and you get the alert back no, wrong you. Right. You know? That's yes, right. You found it. It's the right more you, about you know? cultivating a relationship to the ever-changing state of reality. Wouldn't you agree? Totally. Well, there's this great, I love this Bob Dylan quote. It's like it brings it a lot together. Do it He's, in the voice. I'll do it in the voice. He goes, he gets he gets asked uh, by a reporter. His best quotes are when he's like interviewed. Oh, because he's upset. Yeah. He's like he's, he doesn't he's want like, to be doing that. The true thing he yeah, goes, yeah. He goes, um, uh, someone goes, Did you leave Minnesota to find yourself? Did Bob, did you leave Minnesota to find yourself? That's such a sixties question. Mr. Dillon, did you leave Minnesota (laughs) to find yourself? (laughs) Some reporter that's never left Minnesota. Nobody finds themselves. They make themselves. And what I love is like maybe it's not make I don't know about the word make, but it's like the self in unfolds through what you choose to do. 
Yes. And, you know, it's like when you decide I'm going to move to Texas and become a Texan and I'm going to put roots down, suddenly you become a Texan. That's right. When you decide to marry someone, you become the person who is their husband or wife or whatever. Yes. And um, when you decide, you know what, I, I'm going to go all in on, on becoming a Brazilian, Brazilian jiu-jitsu instructor, you then yourself becomes... Right. A Brazilian jiu-jitsu instructor. Right. It is not you have found the true cosmic self that was a Brazilian jiu-jitsu instructor that's right. behind the curtain. You build. That's why I'm saying <laughs> I, I'm not putting it down with the false self or the ego, as I call it, uh, as many call it. It's not a phantom in the bad way, but none of those things, learning jiu-jitsu, uh, fighting, was never essential to you. Like if yes, you had learned yes, something else. yes then uh, you would have become that. Yes. Like if I had been born in Kentucky instead of Boston, I would have been from Kentucky. Or if yes. I moved, like these things aren't essential, so they're not real. So that's why I love Bob Dylan's quote. You you make yourself into whatever it is you want to be. But then, unfortunately, we spend too much time defending and sort of bolstering that identity. Does that make sense? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. You really you you mistake then, it for your real you. You can't like, obsess over, I've made this choice, and now yes, that is who I want. But yeah. that's what I mean yeah. by the flow and the beautiful yeah. chaos yeah. of reality. If you think, if you lay out your preferences on a Monday, I think if you really watch yourself on a Tuesday, they, they might be totally different. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, usually, like, what I'm saying is, Reality has the potential to be so much more surprising, yeah. unexpected, delightful, and again, to say it again, but chaotic. Like, you don't necessarily know who you want to date yeah. until you date someone that really shows you what you don't like Amen. or what you do yeah. like. But, like, putting it into, like, the SAT bubbles, this is a nonsense pursuit. I think it, it's the the metaphor I keep obsessing over, like, organic metaphors. Yeah. And I, like, filled the book with them. Gardens, not engineering. Yeah. You know, and it's so much of now... It's we've tricked ourselves into thinking it's all science, it's all engineering, it's all mechanical. That's and exactly what is, it is. It's much more. I just I don't know. This is not a. It's probably not profound, and I don't even know how to back it up yet. It's just burbling in my heart, which is just we're much more like plants than we are like a machine. Yeah, we're not ones and zeros. <laughs> yeah. And, and so. your preferences. I've said this before. I haven't said it in years. But it's like building a sandcastle underwater. Yeah. It's always moving. Like yes. you're going like, I like this. And, and like my mood, because I have the benefit of being able to l watch my mood, that's like part of my job as an artist and represent the different yeah. things. It's constantly fluxing. But then there are certain things that I'm like, I'm all in with Valerie. But Valerie and I, even the way we are, is that's my wife, for those of you that are just joining us. Uh, <laughs> I think this is a radio show. If you just tuned in, Valerie's my wife. But we've grown and changed into things that when we first met, we wouldn't have thought yeah. that we wanted. That's in, that's wild. So it's more like the 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 quality of spaciousness yeah. and adaptability is what I wanted more than somebody that like eats what I eat or roots yes, for totally. the teams that I root for. Or what are your top three favorite movies? Get the fuck out of here, Match.com. <laughs> like, where's the like, are you adaptable? Are you spacious? Yes, are amen. you clear? And all of yeah. that stuff has to do with like internal work that there is no bubble to fill in for and that. And you can't like put it on a, put it in words. You know, no, and you can't sell it. And, you know, this is I, one thing I keep, I try to hammer home a lot in messaging around commitment is commitment is not a dead rule. It's not, you know, I have committed to live by this rule and therefore I must like, beat myself up with this idea. I just, it's much more of a deciding to 
enter into a relationship and having a little stickiness and loyalty yeah. to that relationship yeah. and participating in the life of that relationship again just obsessed with the organic it's alive yes. it changes it grows you know i i have this section on stewardship in the book that i i got really into the word steward and i said well, what does it mean to steward something and so i like talk to a rabbi and i say you're stewarding this religion it's like three thousand you know thousands of years old you are the one who took it from the grandparent rabbi and you're gonna pass it to the next rabbi and hopefully you know yeah, like a it continues and um and they said, you know, stewardship is not putting it behind glass. You know, it's not putting this religion behind glass and then saying, well, like, we must protect it at all costs with like guards around it. Mm. It's like having someone hand you a baby <laughs> or something. Yeah. And it's like, you got to change things. You got to adapt to it. You got to mm. keep it alive. You got to not make it. You got to find what the core of it is so that you don't fully perversely change the core and call it what it is. Mm. But you also have to know what's not the core and adapt to that. But know? that's like interpersonal relationships are like history too. History yeah. keeps like changing and flowing. Yeah. What I'm saying is reality is a is a river. It's a flow totally. yeah. and it's and it's wild and we'd like to tame it and change it and turn it into a survey. But it but it's not. And, and so that's what I'm what I'm saying. I think what you're saying is well, tell me what you're saying, because it feels <laughs> like committing to someone who might I don't know if Valerie would have absolutely 100% on paper been my person that I would have said, I forego all others. I never did internet yeah. dating. But like we grew into one another. You've heard the thing about uh, arranged marriages where they say in America they put hot soup on a table and let it cool down. In India they put cold soup over a fire and let it get hot. Oh, wow, I've never heard that. That's Isn't great. that good? <laughs> I, I think we we weren't arranged, obviously, but we've gotten... The soup yeah. has gotten hotter and hotter yeah. as we went, but I never would have been able to put it on a, a form necessarily. Yeah. Pardon the interruption, weirdos. This episode is brought to us by our friends at BetterHelp. BetterHelp knows life can be overwhelming and many people are burned out without even knowing it. Symptoms can include lack of motivation, feeling helpless or trapped, detachment, fatigue, and more. I know when I'm working a little too much, when I'm not taking enough me time, when I'm not being listened to enough, I mean, I can really start to run on fumes and grind to a complete halt. We are huge believers in talk therapy on this show and I'm so glad that BetterHelp help is here. We associate burnout with work, but that's not even the only cause. Any of our roles in life can lead to feeling burned out, and BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you to prioritize yourself. Talking with someone can help you figure out what's causing stress in your life. Val and I have both had our lives absolutely transformed by talk therapy. It's greater than the sum of its parts. You think you're just talking to somebody, but for some reason, something about the human animal being heard and being seen by a professional can make a world of difference. And BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's even more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Plus, weirdos will get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash weirdo. That's better, H-E-L-P, betterhelp.com slash weirdo. Get some help. We all need a little help sometimes. And show your support of this podcast. Thank you to BetterHelp for your support of the show. Also, for those of you who occasionally enjoy a little nip 
of nicotine. Look, <laughs> we're all adults here. And I know some of us choose to use nicotine to relax, to focus, or just unwind after a long day. Thankfully, Lucy is a modern oral nicotine company that makes nicotine gum, lozenges, lozenges, and pouches for adults who are looking for the best, most responsible way to consume their nicotine. Why not swap it up and try a new nicotine product that you can feel good about? I personally... Uh, occasionally enjoy a little nip of nicotine when I'm working. I do find it helps me to focus and dial into what I'm working on. It's also just a nice little uh, little uppy treat that helps my mood and makes me feel a zesty jolt. <laughs> I'm going to call it a zesty jolt. <laughs> and if you enjoy using nicotine, you should definitely check out Lucy's products at lucy.co. That's lucy.co and use promo code WEIRD at checkout. Also, I have to read this disclaimer. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Remember, if you're interested in a better way to use nicotine, visit lucy.co and be sure to use that promo code code weird. I always tell my friends who smoke, don't bring smoke into this. Don't bring carbon monoxide into it. You don't like smoking. You like nicotine. Just use nicotine. Well, and it's also, it's what's connected to that. You know, a big part of that is your relationship is not your original decision to enter into the relationship, mm. which is another thing. It is the whole life of the relationship. You know, it's, and so many people, you know, if you think about someone as the one, any time that you're having a big fight with them, you're like, if you're thinking, oh, it's the one and I made this proper choice that was, and you're always thinking after the fight, oh my gosh, maybe I didn't make the right choice. Maybe I had the wrong information. Yeah. Maybe I was not thinking straight at that this time. Is... But the answer is not to sh reassure you and say, oh, you were making the right choice. You had the proper information. No, it's to say that choice was just one part of this journey yes and every single piece is part of the journey yes and your challenge right now is you're in the now now and are you gonna are you gonna if you feel like this thing this living relationship is sick are you gonna heal it if it feels like it needs to be strengthened are you gonna strengthen it and honestly and i say this a lot having read a book on equipment if it's truly dead yeah are you gonna have this morbid play acting with the dead body of your relationship and like lose years of your life or are you going to let it go? Yeah. You know? And so um, that's the question. It's not, was this original choice the perfect choice? And that's, yeah. that's the whole message I'm trying to get across is let's lower the stakes of the initial choice of diving in Yeah. so that you can dive in and have all the joys of being part of a living thing with other people and other things and other institutions and places. It's another way of saying be here and, and, follow through and see what happens and see what happens yeah, yeah. I, i'm glad you said that because it does sound you must get that joke a lot that people well you can't get divorced now you wrote a book on <laughs> I, think, I think about it all the time but, yeah. but <laughs> i think no well, i know i don't want to of course yes i know but, but i'm just i tell my wife all the time i go i go you know if i if this book does okay that it, you know it's worth writing a story on you know it would be a viral story of the guy who wrote the commitment book yeah you know um, was yeah. unfaithful or of something course, so that's another another thing keeping this together well the fitness guru <laughs> has a heart attack after eating a pizza you yes. know that we like those sorts <laughs> yes. of ironies or whatever yeah. um tell me a little bit more you, we had a couple irons in the fire going mm -hmm. I like the Netflix one. <laughs> I also had the other survey. Do you want to hear the other thing yeah, I wanted yeah, tell to me. tell you? Yeah. I've said this many times on the show, and I might get it wrong, and you might be familiar with it, so correct me. But they did a, t uh, a test. They had six paintings and two groups of 10 people. Yeah. All of this is made up. And they were prints, but like nice yeah. canvas prints of classic paintings, Starry Night, you know, Picasso, different things. And they, were, they said to group one, you can pick one 
and that's it. Yeah. That's your painting. But it's free. But yeah. it's, that's your painting. And they said to group two, you can pick one, and in six weeks, you can trade it in if you change your mind. So group one picks their painting. That's their painting. Group two picks a painting. Six weeks, most of them trade it in. Yeah. Almost everybody trades it in. Then another six weeks later, they survey group A and group yeah. B. How satisfied are you with your painting? I'm sure you can predict the outcome. Group A, thrilled with their painting. Yes. They love their painting. I love it. That is the microcosm of the whole message. That's you know? the whole thing, yeah, right? And, and from... I don't even have to finish it. Group B, they hate their fucking second painting. It's amazing. It's called uh, the guy who did that study, uh, Dan Gilbert. Uh, he, I knew you of, would know. Part of getting the study, uh, part of the study, he, he came up with this phrase, the psychological immune system. I love this phrase. Or he popularized the phrase, the psychological immune system. And what it is, is we have, it's this concept that we have our, our mind and our heart and our soul um, will has a bunch of tools in its toolkit to make us feel good about what we have. <laughs> and wow. it's it's and they they do these famous studies with like people who become quadriplegics or people who win the lottery. So a thing you think is going to totally make your life horrible or totally make your life great. Mm. And he says psychological immune system just comes in if you accept that this is what I am dealing with right now. I'm dealing with being super rich or I'm dealing with losing my legs or something. And then it works its magic and it starts saying like starts rewiring your sense of meaning yeah. starts making you look for the good in the thing starts or making you look for the bad in the thing you know it's yeah. like it's more normalizing than just like it just normalizes mm. and then the people who win the lottery um end up not being as ha they're a little happier you know? <laughs> mm -hmm. but they end up not being as happy as you'd expect and the people who are quadriplegic are a little more having struggles but not as much as you'd expect right because the adaptability you know the, the quadriplegic they might you know suddenly discover a part of their soul that they're really good at talking to other quadriplegics and you mm -hmm. know they find a quadriplegic community mm -hmm. they might see that like oh i have this new thing that's inspiring this new mountain to climb of how to find out how this thing happens mm -hmm. or you know i i learn all the i become a gearhead for all the wheelchairs and i start mm -hmm. getting into like cool ancient old wheelchairs because whatever you have if you decide and i'm not saying you know nobody thinks you're saying I, okay good i don't yeah, nobody privilege check I on want, like I, bad I want, things are bad no but, i know um, but but i've read those studies too yeah. or, or maybe that article that was talking about quadriplegics that that are suddenly or maybe the one they talked to was imbued with meaning and meaning is hard. Like they're trying to make these micro achievements and, and so that their life was given purpose. Totally. If that makes sense. So something I, I can relate in the sense that like when my wife left me when I was yeah. 28, you don't want to want it to happen, but that was like a very meaningful time in my life. Cause totally. I was like, I need to, I need to rebuild like <laughs> as opposed to just kind of coasting, yeah. uh, which I, again, it's something you never would have wanted in both of those cases. Obviously one of those is very extreme, but like having something to do and, and small noticeable achievements can really enrich your life. Amen. Can right? I, how much are you, are you a Wendell Berry? person do you know about wendell berry the little caramel candies the, the 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 kentucky farmer philosopher poet tell me everything oh he's great i know oh, okay wendell berry is um he's this uh 
like a uh, poet of localism. He's a poet of like loving the place you are. And he has this amazing, and he's a farmer. Localism. Localism. Like, yeah. ju- I, I, like it, if I'm in tune with what I'm doing right now, I'm being localist. That would be like a very micro localist, like okay. what you are right here on this couch. But yeah. you can even apply localism to that. Okay. He's more kind of on the town level. I understand. Like if you were like, I love LA or I love this neighborhood yeah. and I'm different altitudes. I'm getting into this neighborhood. If the plane is on the ground, it would it's just be like, like, good on you. Okay, great. <laughs> um, and, um, and, you know, I got really into localism because of him because, uh, you know, you're looking for answers in politics and there's not many localist political causes. It's all people fighting about federal stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has this amazing story that I just feel brings it all together that explains how this all works. And he goes, it's called the, the Bucket. And he goes, my grandpa's bucket. It's like an old Kentucky farmer poets. Okay, I've, uh, I've never seen this man, but I think I'm picturing okay. him perfectly. And, um, and he goes, you know, there's a bucket that's on a rusty nail on my grandpa's farm. And the bucket's there and we all forgot about the bucket. And the bucket's, the major fact about the bucket is it's a receptacle and it's nailed to this post. Okay, that's all that matters. It's just there. <laughs> and over time, uh, leaves fall into the bucket and uh, dirt falls into the bucket and, you know, a bird comes into the bucket and leaves some feathers and bugs come into the bucket and um, and just like all of them mix in with each other and all these things come. And then you look at the bucket 10 years later and it's beautiful soil. Mm. And um, and he goes, what caused that beautiful soil to happen? It was just the stability of the bucket mm. and the bucket being a receptacle. And then the world happened to the bucket. Wow. And then an amazing thing happened and everything comes out of that soil. And then he says similarly, and he talks about it on the cultural level, but I think you can talk about it on any level. He goes, if you have a stable group of people that are in community together, the equivalent of the leaves and the feathers um, is like someone comes up with a song one day and they all like hum the song and they all think it's funny and they remember that song three years later. Or someone Mm. comes up with an inside joke or someone has a problem and someone else has a really great insight and they try the insight and it works and it becomes a rule of thumb. Mm. And over time, that group of friends or the way they talk to each other are nicknames or something like that. And over time, you wake up 10 years later and that group of that community, that group of friends, is rich soil. Is the soil. It's like it's like the most lovely thing, and you don't even know how to describe it. But what was the the fact? The two factors that made that all happen. Like I could get into the mechanical engineering of all those things and the importance of inside jokes and studies about that. But the two major factors at the core are they were stable with each other, they were committed to each other, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they were willing to be receptacles of. Just like things as they, they were come. Receiving. They were receiving. The flow of life. The flow of life. The river. And so I, I think this might merge what you like talking about and what I like talking about, which is there's the flow of the world and all these things happening. But then if you are willing to let the strands of time go a little longer, which is all the commitment messages, it's mm. like just try to do it a little longer. <laughs> you know? mm. Try to have a spirit of like, I'm going to go back to this even though I don't want to today. We um, yep. Magic things happen. We had a friend... Uh, I heard you. Magic things happen. That's a that's a trauma for me. I want you to know that I heard you because <laughs> I because no, I started no. to say something okay. and then I'm half, you had I'm a half Jewish. Like, we okay. have the overlapping yeah. uh, conversation. That's yeah. All this is a midrash. I understand. <laughs> um, no, but uh, we had a friend. Me and my friend Ern used to call him BBD, and it was it was short for Bigger Better Deal. Okay. And it was a friend that if you made a plan with him. He would be there unless he got a bigger, better deal. Oh, okay. And this was in like junior high, maybe high school. It was like really, really hurtful. Yeah. It's one of the like most simple things is the bucket and the remaining kind of quality, but so few of us do it. You mentioned it in your speech. It's like yeah. the friends that don't abandon you 
because they meet some new you know flavor yeah. of the week somebody yeah. that's because you you isn't that there's something to that it's like we know you know make new friends but keep the old sort of thing yeah. one is silver one's gold you meet somebody you might become enamored with a new yeah. person but there's a deeper wisdom that goes like i think my bucket guys the bucket boys with a z <laughs> we're becoming rich soil even if there's like a a new drifter yeah. in town that smokes cools and leans on lampposts you know like a cool guy yeah you know the old me I, you know i'm i'm also half catholic so i'm used to like moral moral righteousness or mm. something the old me would have said even though that other friend is better, you must do the morally right thing, which right. is go back to the old friends because that's the just and right thing to do. But what I've discovered in this book is the deeper insight, the deeper truth is not that like you must be a good person and go back to the old friends. The deeper truth is by going back to the old friends, it will be a better deal for you. The bigger, yeah. better deal for BBD was you guys. Isn't because, that crazy? Yeah, yes. He didn't know that. And yes. part of my message of like this whole message in this book and the speech was like, I just want to let everyone know this isn't a infinite browsing mode and all these exciting things and keeping your options open is good, but we have to be, you know, we have to be good and and it's very important to be loyal and committed. Yeah. It's actually yeah. that all leads to unhappiness. <laughs> Isn't that weird? And this is the joy in the long run. <laughs> right. It's like when morality is actually, you. I feel like that's a, a big part of becoming an adult, yeah. is realizing that a lot of those rules were for your own inner state. Not yeah. even your social standing, yeah. but you, how you feel. When you, like, we've talked about it before, but it bears repeating. Is it, I heard a monk on YouTube talking about a great way to fall asleep at night is called uh, swimming in a sea of merit. So you remember all the good things you did during the day oh, and good things you did for yourself. Yeah. Like, I went on that walk or yeah. good things you did for your friend. I, yeah. I bought lunch or whatever it might be. Or maybe I was just kind to somebody. Often, like, because I've been doing it for a while, sometimes it's just like, I, I texted that person like, yeah. hey, I saw that thing you made and it was really great. So these things add up and, and it helps you fall yeah. asleep. So it's literally true that like, how do you sleep at night? Like people that are assholes. <laughs> but it turns out like if you do good things during the day, it'll help you fall asleep. Or if you commit to your friends, yeah. these are rewards in and of themselves, yeah. which is how we started this conversation. Like, can you do something not to sell books, but for its own sake? Because that's the richness that you enjoy in here that, in, that no one can see and totally. really no one can take from yeah. you, right? Yet you'll know way more. I don't know all these different we'll wisdom traditions, uh, all these wisdom traditions, but I'm not here. I'm not there yet in my life of fully seeing it, but I just have this this hint that like goodness and truth and beauty eventually merge and are not like separate concepts. And like eventually you see that the good thing to do and the, thing that leads to joy and the thing that you find beautiful and the thing that senses yes. to be true and just probably are all the same thing i don't know yes. yet for sure but yeah I'm, i've got a hint in my heart that's that a that little out of my depth but i have heard <laughs> rupert spira alert but rupert yeah. spira talks about how true it's actually on a post-it do you see that post-it on my uh katie it says beauty love i can see it it's the third one from the left understanding which is you want to just hand me the post-it, please? He he makes the argument that they are the same. Yeah. That you're seeing the this this post-it is not going to convince anybody, but I do want to see what it says. <laughs> Thank you, Katie. Uh, understanding is thinking. It's like it's it's sensing the one thing through thinking. Yeah. Love is sensing the one thing with feeling, yeah. and beauty is sensing this one thing, yeah. the only thing that's happening, by the way, uh, with perceiving. 
So it's like you're either perceiving beauty, feeling love, or thinking understanding. But all three of those things are really just getting in tune with the only thing that's going on here, which is ultimately, you could say, just one thing. And when we say it's love, by the way, it doesn't mean like ooey gooey, yeah. warm feelings. Yeah. It means it's this undulating yes. Yeah. It's almost mad, maddening yes of expanding, yes. <laughs> contracting, rah, fractaling that has led to this absurd conversation that Amen. we're having, right? <laughs> Isn't that wild? But that, that, that I, I think there's something to, like sometimes I think about reality as like, it's a wave, like there's this tidal wave, and we're right on the edge of it. Like you couldn't be more on the on the knife's edge if you tried. This is the most novel moment. Now this is the most. It's like we're right there. It's more like racing in a car, like than it is just kind of like I'm sitting on a couch. It's like this is this is the newest thing that's ever happened. Yeah. When you can get in in touch with that, it's it's super exciting. Amen to that too. Right. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Tell me tell me what you've learned about people that have have committed. I'm one of them, by the way. Yeah. I'll I'll give you an example. Like, I, I started in improv, but then when I became part of the stand-up, so it wasn't the first yeah. thing, to your point that you made earlier. I still love improv, yeah. and I still do improv, but it wasn't improv theater that, yeah. like, really grabbed me. When I found the more uh, lone wolf, yeah. more autonomous, I liked being able to work on it by myself. Because yeah. then the project was as dedicated as I was, whereas opposed to being on an improv team, yeah. we were only as dedicated as we were as a group. Yeah. So I wanted to go, like, faster. Yeah. Um, so by being alone, you, have you heard that expression? If you want to go far, go together. If you want to go fast, go, go alone. alone. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to go fast, yeah. <laughs> so it was like I'll get to improv <laughs> later. When we shoot sketches, we'll yeah. improvise. But I got to go fast right now, um, and I'm blanking on what what my point. Oh, but the the richness, the soil, the bucket of yeah. committing to stand up was was really really meaningful, and and then later committing to uh, Valerie has been really, really yeah. meaningful. Tell me about some of the people can, that you've Can met. I ask a question before yeah. I go into that? I would love you it. You know, one of the, so the word I use for like these committers is long haul heroes. Yeah. And the reason I use long haul heroes is because, you know, when we usually think about heroism, we think about slaying the dragon in one big brave moment. Right. And I say the people I that captured my admiration were not the big brave moment people like i've never been into like this person you know had three guns drawn on him and right. kicked them all down and saved the day which and, is but, all we want to see which is what all yeah. the movies are about right. and um and i was always into like the stories that were like for 32 years <laughs> you know yeah. someone has been doing the same thing every week i'll and, give you and, a, yes. a new one bruce eric kaplan my favorite yeah. new yorker cartoonist submitted i think it was for 10 years he mailed yeah. the new yorker 10 cartoons every week for almost a decade and just got nose, 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 nose. And I think you're going to like this. If that were a movie, if we made a movie yeah. of Bruce Eric Kaplan, that would be a 30-second montage. Yes. <laughs> All we want is him opening the letter yeah, and the weeping. The montage, I, I, I didn't put it in the book, but I, I had this thought. It's like the montage is... The movie is the is the whole thing that if we're we trying had to. Do, but all we want is winning. We yes. just want the winner's circle. Yeah. You don't want the the failing. That's sort of what crashing was about. Yeah. It was a, it was a, a slowing down of the montage. It yeah. was we got to do three seasons of like no, and even that it's super sped up. It's yeah. super sped up, but it was slower than yeah. usually. They're already famous comedians or or successful yeah. or good comedians when we start. But we wanted to be like, what if he stinks? What, yes, if, what, what, what if he's grinding? And oh man, what, what was your question though? Yeah, so my my um, one of the long haul heroes that really affected like the earl one of the earliest seeds of this idea for me is like my obsession with David Letterman because I used to watch it every night. Um, I, I I wasn't. 
I'm too young to have watched the original NBC show, but I watched the late, the late show on CBS and I watched it every night and there was no, and then I watched it all the way to 2015 when he had his big grand like final show. Mm-hmm. And it was funny watching the clip show and everyone like talking about these great moments, like, oh, the time that he, you know, went, uh, you know, put Velcro on and jumped on the wall or yep, yep. the time, the first time he dropped the thing off the, the, the roof. And I was just like, these moments don't capture David Letterman at all. Yeah. You know, it's like, and you're watching them and they're just so small compared to yes. my experience because as a person who in. David Letterman yeah. experience. And I'm like, that is not, you can't capture it with like, oh, that big epic thing, you know, even like his great things where he came on after 9-11 and said a beautiful thing. The thing about David Letterman was the the corpus, not the opus. It was that yeah. every night he he brought his lens to the world. And over time, that lens, if you're a loyal viewer, burrows into your heart. And now my whole way of being has like, it's like 1% David Letterman now. That's right. <laughs> and he's in your home. He shows he's up in, in your, your home, home, like through on your TV. Yeah. But he comes to where you're sitting. That's what I, if, when people want to start podcasts, I always tell them the one thing, I, you know, yeah. it's a relationship and you have to be consistent. <gasps> totally. If you tell them we're going to be on every Wednesday, you have to be on every Wednesday. Totally. Because that's David yes. Letterman. <laughs> yes. David Letterman was like, I, I really think our animal minds are this simple. He was your friend. Totally. You totally. know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. He showed up. What is a friend? Someone who shows up when they Over say they'll time. show yeah, up. Yeah, he was loyal to us. You know, it sounds totally crazy. He was he completely disloyal to you. He was loyal to the viewers. Well, but- <laughs> well it's like, which, who are we talking about? Bruce Wayne or Batman? Yeah. It's like when you become a symbol, when you yeah. become something bigger yeah. than the man. Yeah. So when you become a TV show, that's what the band is and the lights and the broadcast. It turns him into something bigger than just David. Mm-hmm. David, what I'm saying is lowercase d, David, yeah. doesn't give a shit about you. Yeah. But uppercase d came into your home and your heart every day and well doing that by coming into everyone's home he's just chipping away at the cult just pushing the culture just like one little inch by one way he asks a question or one way he finds something funny and then you wake up on the other end in 2015 and not in 1979 or whenever he was at the comedy store or something Mm -hmm. um and the culture is different because he turned away at that and i don't think one perfect movie that he did would have done that i completely agree and now the culture seems to have shifted. somebody was just we had work day at our, yeah. our preschool today so we were like shoveling the sand in, in at leela school we we're having this conversation and somebody started explaining what some tiktoker had done yeah. <laughs> i'm not even putting it down i'm just saying like when you when you don't know who a tiktoker is like yeah. you don't know kid licorice and someone starts <laughs> talking about kid licorice they were literally like kid licorice put salt on his hand and he, he throws it to a donkey and you're just like this is nothing <laughs> Yeah. I'm not saying maybe if you invest in Kid Licorice, it's not yeah. fake name, but if you stay with that person for 10 years, maybe that yeah. is a meaningful relationship. Yes. But we've gotten, it's almost like the whole grocery store has turned into just the samples. We just have these little samples. Totally, instead totally. Instead of that almost marital can, relationship you had with David Letterman. Yeah, and you're going to forget Kid Licorice. You're going to forget I'm never Kid gonna, I'm going to be in the retirement home being like, you know, will it float? I, I heard Dane <laughs> Cook say two things come to mind. Dane Cook I was the first person I heard say, like, I have to keep feeding my fans uh, content. I have to keep giving them yeah, more. Yeah. But that's a person that understood that it was a relationship. Yes, yeah. And what they wanted was this content is such a shallow word, but he means more comedy, more stuff for them yeah. to eat. The other thing, before we get to your question, and we will, I remember Conan said to, this to me, name droppy, but he, he was like, there's all this noise. You're going to yeah. love this. This could have gone in your book. 
And he's like, I feel like my whole career, I've just been standing in the in all of this noise. People have tubas, yeah. people have synthesizers, people have guitars. People are dropping their guitars and grabbing tubas. Yeah. People are gr- dropping their tubas yeah. and grabbing guitars. And it's just a c- cacophony of chaos. Yeah. And he's like, I stood in the center. I, I stayed where I was. And I just kept hitting the triangle. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> he's like, that's what you should do. He's like, just keep doing what you do. And eventually the powers that be, the people that book the shows or make the deals or whatever, they, they're they like, look, I've been putting my ear to show business. What is that? It starts to emerge from the wall of chaos. You go like, what is that ding, ding, ding that I've been hearing for 10 years? Yeah. And you hire the ding, ding, ding guy. <laughs> Jim Gaffigan used that. to I be one that. of the, he wasn't like ridiculed, yeah. but it's sort of a famous thing that when Jim Gaffigan started, Let's put it this way. I bet he was funny, but no one liked him. And yeah. that's important. The, like when I got to New York, it, it, I still met people that thought it was crazy that he was starting to blow up. They were like, Jim Gaffigan? That's a guy that was ding, 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 ding. But if you're starting and you're not like ripe yet and you're just going, that's silly, that's insane or whatever, it just sort of looks dumb. Yeah. But you ding, ding, ding long enough. That's like, let the fucking bread <laughs> rise in the oven. But too many people are going like, it's still dough, change it. <laughs> Make yeah, it I gotta a cake. Go, yeah, it's I got to get a different instrument. I got to do that. Exactly. Oh, maybe people are into this instrument now. And that's the desperation that we were talking about. No one wants someone selling a book and no one wants going like, do you want me to be a musician? Should I do parody videos? Like, just do what's written inside of your bones. Yeah. You and know? you can see so many examples of that. I like this example because it's like famous people and we love them and stuff. Yeah. But, <laughs> well, yeah, but sure. it's, you know, the math teacher that calmly teaches math every week. We just had the 50th anniversary of the crossing guard in my neighborhood oh, wow. <laughs> and they had they named the crosswalk after the crossing guard wow. who was that um and you know from you know the people that chip away at a cause you know like you can see the politicians the types of politicians that young people are drawn to in the deepest way are not the glitzy glammy ones they're the ones that have been hammering away at something for 30 years yeah, bernie comes yes yeah, he, yeah. he's he's a great example of it's, that it's yes. what a triangle hitter you know yes. just it backbencher in vermont hitting the triangle that and then is the time. most triangle hitter good on you <laughs> you coined a new phrase and, he's a real triangle hitter that and guy. then you gotta have faith you know if, if it's coming from a true place you gotta just have faith that either your time will come well it'll hit the zeitgeist or if it never hits the zeitgeist that was your truth and that was a beautiful thing to do I, we i just did a show I won't mention the musician in case this is disparaging in any way, but like I was talking to Kenneth, uh, one of the guys from Milk Carton Kids. He was at my show last night. We were hanging out and our musical guest was amazing, like yeah. clearly a genius. And But we were like, Kenneth was like, you know, 15 years ago, this guy might've been like, I'll be headlining the bull. Like that's the goal. Yeah. But like he stayed on the path and now maybe he scores movies or he produces records, yeah. but he's still being a genius, still doing his thing, but it wasn't necessarily... It's not an all or nothing, zero sum, sort of like yeah. either your dream comes true or it doesn't. For some reason, the triangle hitting doesn't mean you get plucked and get to be Conan O'Brien. Totally. It means sometimes they dedicate a crosswalk to you, or sometimes you taught some kids math and made their lives better. It doesn't necessarily or, mean fame and fortune. you know, even just, you know, I, I sometimes I talk about these grand examples of commitment. Even just every parent, <laughs> you yeah. know, everyone who's married, everyone who's a good friend. Yeah. It's like... Um, that's the triangle hitting of, you know, going over to Linda's house and having brunch every month and, yes. you know, and then seeing Linda through her marriage and her divorce and her, you yes. know, her first kid and then the hard career thing and then the great career thing. Yeah. And then, you know, the conversation you have 20 years later is the simplest conversation, but it's so deeper than anything else and it feels so much better than anything right. else. 
And um, that's much better than the friend that was exactly like you and said the most charismatic thing. And right at all the moments. (laughs) Yeah. And you went viral. Yes. Who cares? This is really interesting stuff. But how do you make it? (laughs) How do you make anybody care about this? You know, I think, you know, I got a few. I I care. (laughs) I'm glad you care. And a lot of people bought the book. The reason I... I actually, the the way I came into this journey, you know, part of it, we've talked a lot about part of it, which is I just had this, I'm a commitment super fan. I love long haul heroes. I collect all these stories. Oh, Diana Nyad has tried five times to swim from Cuba to Key West. I love it. Like I'll eat it up. She, so that's, that's whoa. my, um, that's my. Abe like, Lincoln's one of those big failure guys too. Oh my gosh. Abraham. Yes. No, lost every <laughs> he, election, but one. And then. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So I was into that. But what was the movie Lincoln? Already president. Yes, already right? in some grand moment. Yeah, not grand him, moment. Not him as a lawyer riding Ooh, the circuit or something. I want Lincoln <laughs> Begins. Yes. <laughs> where we open in a, a prison in Asia. The Lincoln's a good example of this. <laughs> that was the a bad other movie. half yeah. is um, I actually think that commitment is the solution to many of the questions, is the answer to many of the questions Tell that me. people are asking. So the other half of this is... I wanted to, like the other river that came together for the speech in this book was so many people my age um, are hopeless, you know, about public life. You know, maybe they've escaped to some like private, private adventure and joy, but like about public life, life in community, life in politics, life in society, life in institutions, you know, they feel isolated. They feel like the institutions are crumbling and rusted. They feel like we've tried different hopes. Oh, this candidate will solve everything or this technology will solve everything. And then those hopes are dashed and everyone's looking for where to go. Mm. And when it comes to impact, like healing the, the wounds of our, of our time, um, solving the great problems of our time, you know, fighting the important civic battles of our time, they're all going to be 30-year struggles. Mm. <laughs> you know, the heroes should not be when we're looking, you know, I love this one guy told me once and I love this this idea. My heroes aren't just the civil rights movement people of the 1960s. My heroes are the civil rights movement people of the 1920s. You know, like because there were they people, started rolling a ball. They started rolling a ball, yeah. and um, and it was much harder for them. You know, it was hard for the people of the 60s, but mm. it was really hard for the people in the 20s. Mm. You know that, and, and but there's no three act structure to that. Yes. they don't get their win. <laughs> they don't get their story. Yeah, yeah no, unless ends, they come back as a ghost. It ends yeah. with like a young member of the 60s generation goes, "Oh, that was pretty cool, even though they failed. I should try doing that." It's um, not sexy. It's not and, flashy. Yeah. But the thing is, this isn't like, you know, we have to walk through the desert for 200 years. Amazing things happen in 30 to 40 years. Like mm-hmm. the abolition movement, you know, I we don't talk enough about it. It's the most amazing movement in American history. It is the greatest moment of America. We had the most horrific thing happen, the original sin of America. And a group of less than 1% of this country got together, upended an ent- the entire country to get rid of this stain. Mm. to the best that they could. Mm. And, you know, there are early abolitionists. There's people in the 1700s. There's people in the 1600s. There's people in the early 1800s. But it really doesn't get going till like the 1820s, 1830s. Like the first newspaper, the Liberator, the big abolitionist newspaper, 32 years before Emancipation Proclamation. Wow. And these people got together. They were all friends. 
They they did the 30 years of marching. They did the point where it was not even allowed to talk about it to the point where they were the crazy ones to the point where it was a debate to the point where they had a party to the point where we had a civil war over them. Mm. <laughs> and um, it, we say it was over slavery. Like, no, it was cut, over the abolitionists. Yeah, cut to those guys going, <laughs> and, this is our fault. <laughs> but I mean, it was a big deal. It was, it was, it was, a, a, it was a war, but it was good. It was a good one. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, they're like, whoa. Okay. But you have to feel yeah, kind of like, oh gosh. <laughs> and, yeah, all this fuss they all i love i put this in the book this is my favorite image is when the emancipation proclamation was set to be passed they got word from the lincoln administration like hey we're gonna sign it tonight if you guys want to know hey it's this is all thanks to you so i just want to let you know we're gonna sign it tonight they all gathered in boston at um two different buildings and they had a party (laughs) and all of the people from the 30 years got together and had a party and um, and then someone came running in, very dramatic moment, and they said, "He signed it, the Emancipation Proclamation." And like they have all these grand, like bonnets were thrown in the air, old enemies hugged, and like they had a moment, and um, where it happened, and they felt that celebration. And I just want to tell people for all these problems that we face today, like the idea that we transition off of fossil fuels, the idea that we'd have a just economy, the idea that our democracy would be healthy again, not a total mess. Yeah. Um, we don't know if 35 years from now, if we all got a little committed to our corner, to our instrument, um, we might have a similar party. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, and throw bonnets in there. Because bonnets, bonnets will be back. <laughs> Fashion is circular. So, But I love that. And, and we're not hearing enough of that. I, I think, well, you tell me, it, it seems like a symptom of this browsing culture that we feel so daunted by any uh, uh, immovable object you meet all these people and they say you know i used to be hopeful like you pete but then i tried one thing and it didn't work (laughs) yeah now i'm not naive anymore i know the score right but it's like no if you really know the score you know evan wolfson a young lawyer wrote us his 3l paper at law school the constitutional right to gay marriage and the comments he got back were this is a crazy science fiction law review article you should have worked on some serious issue not some like wow. theoretical idea wow. of like you know what if what if we put this in space or whatever you know wow. uh, mars law it was like as normal as writing an article on mars law right and then he spends 10 years like shopping his article around and then he gets to the point where he has to convince the I, I interviewed him for the book. He had to convince the gay rights movement to even agree with him. He had to convince his own movement to agree with his cause within the movement. That's wow. always the first 10 years. Wow. Can you convince yourself? Um, and then then he has the state-by-state fights. Then it's 2004, and everyone's passing these state constitutional amendments against the stuff. And he's in the total doldrums, but he remembers history. And he says there's always dark times. And then he keeps marching. And then in the Supreme Court decision... Obergefell that that legalized gay marriage. They cite stuff from his law review article. They like same similar language. Chills. And I go, so who's the naive one? Were you the are you is Evan Wolfson the naive one? Or is the person who said, you know, we had a campaign and it didn't work, and then we had another campaign and it didn't work, and thus I believe the world will never change. So that is my case for that is yeah. like why we gotta do this uh, for the stuff out there. But we talked in the opening of this, the stuff in there, he had a whole lot of fun the whole time while he was doing it. And he right. feels a lot of purpose. He has a lot of friends and the whole world is opened up to him in depth. So wow. while he was doing it. Cause following his bliss sort of thing, yeah. following something that he believed in gave his life meaning. Yeah. So it's both. <laughs> yes. It was the moral thing to do yeah. and it benefited yeah. him. That's so cool. Yeah. Why do we, I mean, we love people that are like, I think it's our protectors that want to be like, get real. 
<laughs> grow up. Those are the parts you never want to play in the movie. Yeah. I, I remember I, I auditioned for the part in King Richard where I was like the slick agent that was like, look, Rich, like your kids aren't, <laughs> like both of them aren't going to be tennis superstars. Like it's not like a fun role. No one wants to play the person that reads the gay rights thing and goes like, this is science fiction. People, people, people. Like what a heel. But like so many people, the majority of people are that way. And it's really yeah. wonderful to hear that story. Like, Don't you find that like, it's almost cool to be like, that's never going to happen. Like, it, or it's yeah. safe at least. Yeah. And I think we're all trying to protect ourselves and we're right. trying, we're, you don't want to look dumb. It's fear of vulnerability. It's, it's right. the cult of smart, you know, right. Fred that's this great phrase. We got, we got cult of smart. The only thing that should be smarter are our phones, you know, don't, you know, wow. like don't, um, and it's like, you don't want to be no, no one wants to be caught like taking a risk, take a, being had. And the thing is like that fear is actually what is stopping us from, Right from have, finding the stuff we're all looking for. I say this all the time, but it, it was I got it from uh, Game Makers Toolkit, which is a great YouTube channel that I really like. They talk about in game development. Yeah. Uh, I forget which game company it was, but they had a, a slogan on the wall that said "Fail faster, find the fun." And I just I love, love the it, it, you get it immediately <laughs> because we're completely in sync. <laughs> Not don't fail, which is the people that are like, you're never going to do that. That's stupid. Fail faster. Like, <laughs> let's get on with the failing. Yeah. Let's let's get the people telling me this is bullshit. Let's get my own cause not even agreeing with me. Get to it because that's like a sign you're on the right path. That's what I tell people. That's the, that's the lineage of stand-up. And we do have to get to your question. Is I'm like, if it sucks, that's how you know you're doing it right. That's yeah. a, that's the line we put in crashing. Yeah. I was like, and then you almost have to mythologize that. If you're starting stand up, go. And if you're eating shit, even our yeah. phrases are fun. We have to try and make it yeah. fun because it's so hard. Yeah. You're eating shit. You're eating a shit sandwich. You're bombing. You're sweating. It sucks. That like solidifies you into a community that have all done that. Totally. Totally. Dave, like Dave Chappelle might be an, uh, an example of someone who didn't really bomb. There's always like the the Paul Bunyans of yeah. the world. But I promise you everyone yeah. else knows Richard Pryor certainly ate yeah. shit, especially the time yeah. that he was in. Uh, whoever, name anybody. They, yeah. they know what it's like to bomb. So you, I've, I've seen Bill Burr have soft sets before he was <laughs> Bill Burr because the crowd sucked and maybe yeah. he was tired. Like we're, everyone was just kind of finding it. Bill was working out some new stuff. I promise you. So you start going like, talk about images and symbols. You go like, I'm Batman. And sometimes yeah. the Joker gets a few hits in. Well, just, just hearing about that. Isn't that just so, isn't it so romantic? To... It's the definition <laughs> of romance. Yeah, the capital R. It's <laughs> absolute romance. Yeah. And you start to go like, it, it, it's like getting your hits or something. Yeah. I think about male initiation rites yeah. where 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 there's uh, starving the kid or you know, not yeah. not to death, but like three days in the yeah. wilderness. Like you, I hear those stories obviously, and I go, "That's so absurd and gro and barbaric or grotesque or strange yeah. or unfamiliar." But I'm like, starting stand up yeah. comedy really uh, welds you into a community because you're totally. like, I now that I've put in all yeah. of that why i won't stop first of all i really love it but second of all if i don't feel like doing a spot i'm like do it for that kid who used to drive between dakotas and eat shit at technical <laughs> colleges for shows while they were serving lunch 
go tell him that you don't want to drop by yeah. the comedy store. Like, like, fuck you. You you put in too much pain. It's what they call in uh, poker. You're pot committed. Yes. You put so yes. much money in the middle, you have to keep playing. Yeah, and part of my message is, you know, that's not a thing to, that's not a bug, that's a feature. <laughs> that's not a bug, that's, that's a, a feature. feature. But that's it. <laughs> that's what we mean when we're talking about a community yeah. or a craft. Do you, know, do you know what this gets at? That's so fun. been so funny in this process. So, you know, I'm not like a self-helpy, I made fun of Rise and Grind early in this conversation. yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. My book, you know, I like philosophy and sociology and all this stuff. I like reading all these like peep social theory people and like all the stuff and nothing against different worlds, but it's just not my world of like life hacker Tim Ferriss or something. Yeah, yeah, you sure. Know? Yeah. And um, but my book got um categorized in the Dewey Decimal System as a self-help book. Um, Shout and, out to the Dewey Decimal. Conan <laughs> no. the Librarian. And it's UHF, like self-help. And that's where it is in the bookstores. That's where it's in the yeah. library. Yeah. yeah, And so I go on some of these podcasts sometimes that are like super rise and grind self-help podcasts. And I always disappoint them because they um, they think that the commitment, when I'm talking about commitment, I'm talking, this is connected to the stand-up thing. Mm. They think when I'm talking about commitment, I'm talking about like committing to a gym routine or committing to a diet. And it's like all self-commitments. It's yeah. like, you know, you you have a moment where you want to be soft, but Pete's book is about how you need to be hard and do right, the long right, thing. Right. But I, I say, oh, I'm so sorry. This That is not what I'm saying at all. Um, all of the commitments that I reference and all of the categorizations I put in the book and in the speech about commitment are about to commitment to something outside of yourself. Mm. So the more important thing in the stand-up story is not necessarily just your commitment to your own stand-up career. It's to the practice yes. of stand-up. It's yeah. to that when you decided to commit to it, it wasn't just like you're now honing a skill and that skill will be in your toolkit that will make you more powerful. Right. Like, the, the like playing a video message. game. I'll get experience <laughs> points and I'll get stronger and stronger and I can fight bigger dragons. It's no, not, it's, no, it's like you join a thing that connects Lenny Bruce to the jesters yeah. in the medieval times, yes. to your to the friends, to, to, my friend, to yes. like, oh, you know, to a comment that's like, oh, Jerry Seinfeld was part of the older class and I'm now part of this generation. And now, oh, he was, I was a little older than him yes. and whoever the, the door person at different comedy clubs and yes. things like that. And you become part of a culture. Of a lineage. Too. Of a lineage, and of a practice. And you start moving something called comedy. The, 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 I, I don't do it as much as I used to, but there yeah. used to feel like you sacrifice. This is absurd. Yeah. I'm I'm channeling 25 year old. Uh, no, I wasn't 25. Like 32 year old Pete would have been like, you you can't have a normal relationship. You sacrifice that on the altar of comedy. <laughs> That's what I really believed. Yeah. And you could say that at an open mic, yeah. and uh, five six crusty weird men and women would nod along with you and be yeah. like, that that we we get up our own butt a lot. But really, it's all in the service of this mythology that that makes it so fun in totally. the same way that sports fandom can be really fun or following history or whatever or a tv show we were making our own mythology and being like comedy which doesn't exist yeah it does but it's not really real you know what i mean like show it to me it, it's it's a it's like a, a mist over a large group of happenings and but we we treated it almost like a deity. Totally, totally. Yeah. This is there's this great philosopher Alastair McIntyre who says um, everything is about practices. You know, like the practice of comedy, the practice of chess, mm. the practice of medicine or pharmacies or something. And he says, um, you know, most of morality. This is a funny thing. Like most of our stories of what it means to be a good person, what it means to be a heroic person, 
only exists within the context of a community of people watching you and finding meaning Mm. in that goodness and in that heroism. So the idea of that was heroic for Tony Hawk to do a 900 Mm. has no meaning at all if Tony Hawk is alone doing a 900. There wouldn't even be a skate park because there's no practice. So like he finds something that's shaped like a ramp and he does the 900. It doesn't mean, or the McTwist or something. It means nothing, but because... A culture has built built up that is stable, a bucket that is a receptive bucket has built up that has all these elements to it. Like I call them constellations of meaning, like the boards and the different board companies and the different shoes and the different shoes companies and the different ways you uh, take turns going into the bowl with Mm, the board mm -hmm. and the different people and the different legendary people means that when Tony Hawk did the 900 at the X Games in the 90s, the sublimity that was felt, the portal to God was deeper, was more there because, because of all upon, the work. Yes, yes. And so when that went, mm. this is the funny story. I, I'm sad I learned about this after the book. Tony Hawk's dad. Okay, this is my favorite favorite fact about this. Tony Hawk's dad helped create the first tournaments of vertical skateboarding. And he did all the busy work of it because he thought, oh, my son's really into this. It's this kind of like informal subculture. And I'll try to bring it up to the next level by hosting tournaments and getting sponsors and getting all the different skateboard companies to sponsor it, thus bringing the practice to the next level. And so without the Tony Hawk's dads of the world creating the practices Every um, there is no heroism or sublimity in anything that anyone does. So wow. every the person that hosts the open mic and sets up the microphone and does the AV, yes, and um, the critic that writes a comedy column, the YouTube reaction video that yeah. says like this is what you know, this is how Pete Holmes has changed and how he compares to this, right? Makes is all part of the constellation of meaning that makes when you land a good joke. That's that's what I mean by the mist. It's, it's yes. and when you zoom in on the mist, it's all the, it's a constellation is better because these <laughs> things that are tied together <laughs> and we're all co-conspiring yeah. to make culture. Yes, exactly. <laughs> because because not because it's not there's nothing else to do or would just be waiting around to die. Although I suppose that's part of it. It's because it feels so fucking good. Yes. Like when I get really. <laughs> I can get really flared up about different things. Like we got really excited about espresso. So, so dumb. But we bought a nice machine and we got the beans and the grinders. But like it mattered because I did all this research to make it matter. And now we're drinking shot. Val and I are getting high on espresso, drinking it, being like, you see how it's rounder? You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) but like I love, and then I find out they have barista competitions and they have to make a flat white in like 30 seconds. We'll go drive out 45 minutes and go get this thing. And then I'm going to taste the different flat right. Because that's what life seems to be. Yeah. And that's just another, first of all, it's an excuse to be together, which I think is one of the meanings of life. It's an excuse to be together. And it's a way of loving people. Tony Hawk is really good at standing on a board with four wheels on it. Like before that culture, before those constellations of meaning were established, kind of who cares? Totally. Even I, I, I know that sounds absurd because what he does is so impressive. But you could maybe show he's that a bad t- example because he is so spectacular. But like, but like I think you could like, show that to my mom that, though. Yeah. If my mom's in a rush. Yeah, <laughs> that's a she's point. on her way to stop yeah, and shop. She'd be like, "Explain to your mom who cares." Made her watch the Tony Hawk documentary and see that. And if I know, t- get her stand on a board, yeah, and see it, yeah, and then, look and at how hard this if is. If you got into skateboarding and she suddenly, oh, skateboarding's now in the family, so now I got to care about Tony Hawk more. That's exactly yeah, and right. It's all the networks, like your relationship with your mom, but your relationship I, with Tony Hawk, you know, <laughs> and the dad seeing my son is really into this. 
that that fandom and that enthusiasm is another form of love. Totally. He was loving his son. Yeah. And then the fans are loving I, I'm not saying it's real love that you can like take to the bank and, and like like the way that you love love your daughter is it a son or a daughter? Son, yeah. Love your son. That's a different thing. But it is a, a culture love. Yeah. It's a it's a pul- like it's another beat it's, of that. Yeah, heart. It's some it's some form of it. Yeah. And you know, the the, the stakes of this the, the reason why I think this is like a message now is like, if the if your if our life gets so broken up into tiny little browsing swiping pieces that it's like here's the nine hundred here's the McTwist here's you drinking an espresso here's another drink here's a culture yeah, that's right. here's like here's something from Oaxaca here's something from Japan that's you know right. it's like you will you know the algorithms will raise the things that in five seconds will be the most interesting mm-hmm. things in five seconds contextless to the top yeah but that. That is like I feel like we're we're getting off at level five out of ten when the ten out of tens come it's from so good. come from uh you know and we could live at five out of ten for the rest of humanity or yes, something yes. but the ten out of tens come from you getting really into espresso and then reading the books on espresso or like, following the band and they never play that yes, song live yeah. oh and now you yeah. two just played Sunday Bloody Sunday and you're like oh my, oh my god, god. <laughs> like that. I've said this a million times, but I'm going to say it to you because I'd like to see what. It, so Richard Rohr, who's who's a great teacher of love mine. I, oh, you do? Yeah, Catholic here. Yes. Come on, I, <laughs> I love, love that. I okay. So he says his de- one of the definitions of evil. He says is anything that lies about the fundamental nature of reality. Love it. He doesn't say this. I took that to be like. Look, I I use Instagram. I post on Instagram, all that sort of stuff. So I'm not I'm not saying it's evil full stop i'm saying when when you, reality is purported to be these five second images that is potentially evil it's yeah. lying <laughs> it's lying to say reality is you being happy at the beach long enough to do a story and then miserable the rest of the like totally we don't care if you're not really on a private plane as long as you look like you're on a private plane and gone you know, we sound like two old farts, but like the Jack Kerouac, the people living in the flow, yeah. living in the cast, having an authentic experience. I don't care that I sound like an old fogey. Like, can- fuck everybody. <laughs> like, if you can actually take the Amtrak from Boston to New York and actually, with the same fascination that you would have if you were in virtual reality yeah. or a dream, yeah. but you become lucid in your dream, yeah. and really hear the tracks, see the out yeah. the window, own the idea that there's other consciousnesses yeah. in other vessels seated next to you with the same intensity that you totally. that you did when you couldn't see people after the pandemic and now you're back together. Yeah. But really owning that and feeling it in your gut, that is better than every trending video <laughs> shot into your asshole. By a million. By, by a million. million ass- by a million. <laughs> you and I having this conversation and, and, yeah. and dropping anchor into it yeah. is better. I, I just met you. It's better than the video I saw of slow motion toffee getting pulled by a machine. <laughs> In fact, fuck you, slow motion toffee. I mean it. You're lying to me. I felt it's funny that you said. <laughs> You're telling me that your life, you're not life. life. You're nothing. Yes, totally. You're I've nothing. Often, I've often thought we need, like, I, I actually think I'm going to lay out a prediction here on You Made It Weird. I'll lay out a prediction. Here it is. So bring it back. Cut it. Put it on Twitter when it great, comes to past great, 20 years great. from now. Pete predicted it. No, you. Oh, yeah. You I, think, <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, um, I thought you were Peter. Yeah. You're also Pete. I also Pete. Good yes, for you. Well, Who has the well, time? I, can we, I'm glad you didn't bring it up. 
Pete Davidson. My name's Pete Davis. Dude, you're ungoogleable. What would you feel? What would you feel if, when you were growing up, when you were about to enter your life, someone on SNL was named Pete Holmson, and you were about to trying to be a public figure in life, and then suddenly you're like, oh, it's okay. You know, a lot of SNL people flame out, and then he becomes famous or yes, famous or yes, famous. Yes. And now, dude, <laughs> spelling out Pete Davis, yeah. which I did I, in yeah. doing my yeah. research of you, Pete Google Davis, autocorrect. Google, yeah. Google says like you don't you matter. Pete Davis matters. <laughs> yes. But, you, and you know what that is? That's evil. That's, you're lying that Pete Davis doesn't exist. It's okay. That's a lie. It's you, I'm talking to I'm you. Just, I'm accepting my fate. It's yes. like I will be under the shadow of yes. that name. Keep going. Um, but um, Pete I think there will actually be something <laughs> resembling a religious, a, a, a like religious esque movement against the phones and against the feeds. Like a I think, like I think there will be something that becomes like how the Mormons don't drink. Yes. You know, or the Amish. Or the Amish. And it'll be like, I'm a blank. I don't That's I don't right. I don't participate in social media. I agree. Have you seen the Noah Baumbach movie is it called While We're Young? It it is it yeah. Ben Stiller, Adam Driver. Anyway, it, he meets these two Brooklyn hipsters yeah. that are like, we watch movies on VHS. Yeah. Like we we rent them, we watch them, we sit and we watch yeah. them. But commitment was sort of imposed on us in a way that yeah. it's no longer imposed to us. I see my daughter, unfortunately, you know, it's it's okay. It's okay. Like things are going to go goofy yeah. and we'll figure them out. But like she was watching Bambi this morning yeah. and I was really touched to see how like invested she was in Bambi. And I, I haven't seen Bambi in a long time. It's a, it's a beautiful movie, but it's boring. Yeah. It's like the first five minutes are an owl flying in a tree and then he falls asleep and then it pans up yeah. and there's a squirrel waking yeah. up. Like that is not the definition yeah. of entertainment anymore. Like some animals are nocturnal. Like that's a snooze. But here's Leela invested. But after about 15, 20 minutes, I really noted it because Bambi's mom hadn't died yet because I was getting ready to be like, uh, you know, help her through yeah. that. Let her see it, but because I feel like she's ready, but like, because she's talking about death and stuff. Anyway, she swapped over to 101 Dalmatians. So I was like, it's already happening that like it's not baked in. We didn't rent the puffy white VHS tape and open it oh, and put wow, it in. Yes, she yeah. knows how to leave the app and go and pick another movie. And I was like, what happened to Bambi? And she's like, this is a better one. And I was oh, like, God. Oh, God. Okay. So boy. it begins. The infinite browsing Yikes. begins. I know. But she needs to yeah, know. It's funny. I remember this might just be stupid nostalgia, but it's like the Nickelodeon movies used to be in an orange case. Yes. And then you'd open the orange case. And, and, and what we don't get is the orange case was part of the movie. It was not ancillary to the movie. The whole experience the, the, is oh the experience. God. Okay. So Jerry Seinfeld <laughs> yeah. in sign language is yeah. the only time I found it. I've never seen him do it live. Mm. I mean, he says going to the movies is the movie. Yes. 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 This yes, is yes, like, yes. that's wisdom. That's part of the message. You yeah. think you like stand up comedy. Like I said, I had a great yeah. show last yeah. night and then my set was good, but hanging out with the comedians, human heat, yeah. Eye contact, yeah. the the imperceivable or like sub perceptual things, yeah. like the smell of other people's deodorants or whatever, <laughs> like that. That all together, the constellation yeah. of meaning, are the feeling of being alive. Yeah. It's not just jump. Like if I could teleport, which is what VR would be. Yeah. That's why I'm like, well, you can do a show in VR. Well, I'm the like, logic is being baked into all the new technologies because when they're thinking like, what would be a cool technology, they're thinking, let's keep going down the path. Yes. As far as we can. Yes. And I'm like, well, we got to get off the path. And I can <laughs> just drop in and, and I'm already doing the show. Hello. Yeah. And like, that's not, that's not comedy. Yeah. Comedy is me in the car 
listening to my own shit, yeah. remembering how to yeah. be funny or, or, or feeling good, feeling nervous, checking yeah. in with my body. That's doing stand-up comedy. Totally, it's not just totally. opening a door like Quantum Leap and I'm just there. Yeah, it's like, and we get it for things that we still have still survived the great like fracturing of everything. Yes. Like friendship is so clearly not someone who optimizes advice and like says uh-huh to you it's it's like a hundred times more than that yes you know and we know that but my argument is basically that's for everything so yes. like like you know marriage is not just like you do logistics together in a house right you know it's right. everything right and i'm just like but the same is true for like picking something up at the convenience store or something but the, the thing I life wanna... is running out of milk and going to the store to the store that's, that's what life is, is. <laughs> and as soon as you figure that out and start enjoying and yes. being embodied as you go to the store to get the milk yeah. instead of being like gotta get the fucking milk so we can have this dinner <laughs> life is happening right now yeah. dipshit and it's, what's fun <laughs> is you can just layer on more and more meeting you can be like you can read about milk you can yeah. read about yeah. the path to milk you read about the urban design of, or get oh wow I live in a walkable city I can walk to the milk oh there's this whole movement of walkable cities or get <laughs> curious about your hatred of that experience oh yeah like even deeper if, into the self yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. like oh why, why do it? I hate why this I, and then like literally oh my gosh there's a book on this I should go to the library and see if there's a book on this or <laughs> uncover <your> <laughs> that horrible family dinner you had where you were oh, staring yeah. at the glistening milk <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I but get curious. Like, even yes. if you're, if you, because yeah. like, I don't always feel enthusiastic. I don't always feel curious. In fact, I go through week long mm. stretches where I am actively not curious. Yeah. Okay. Lean into that. That's what Val has taught me. She's like, just be the uncurious guy. <laughs> My friend James was like, Pete, you're one of the most curious people I know. You can't take a week and not be curious. <laughs> get curious about how uncurious yes, you are. I love that. Or la how lazy you are. Yeah. Or how not reading you are. Or how like watching fucking Gilmore Girls for the fifth yeah. time you are. Like, just do what you're doing because that's. I, we say it all the time, but how you feel, how you feel, Pete, right now, Katie, how you feel right now is your life. Yes. <laughs> it's That's what we're back to rocking chair. It's not looking back and doing your own David Letterman Velcro wall mm. best, greatest hits. Yeah. It's all right here. It all mm. led to this. It's all accessible. How you feel about your life right now is your life. Yes. Yes. It's your life. Amen. That's it. Yeah. Not going like I played <laughs> like I, one of the ones I always go to is I did a, a show with Dave Chappelle at Radio City. It's nothing. Yeah. Show it to me. It's not there. <laughs> What's here is this. Yes, that's yes. not that gives me nothing. Was it? Was it any better than? Just doing another show on a random day. Well, I could show? tell you why it was worse. They took my phone away, all these different things. It's <laughs> yeah. a whole story. But you, to your point, yeah. almost always the answer would be no, yeah. because the show isn't that. The show was, yeah. I what I remember is that we smoked a joint afterwards, and I, I remember Chappelle handing me the joint. <laughs> I thought that was really that's cool. A, that's like an American iconic moment. It was. <laughs> I, I don't even know if he smokes weed, but yeah. like he, he, he lit it and he gave it to me, yeah. which I was like... But I was depressed because yeah. I didn't have a good set. <laughs> yeah, see, this is what it all happens. The Donic treadmill. Flows. Buddy, because, sorry, we were on something else, but like I, I put too much meaning on how the show should have gone. Yeah. And I wasn't present for like. Instead of just participating in the constellation. I wish I could just there be. There are other people that did Radio City Music Hall. You that's be right. Part of Who it. else did this? Yeah. But I just wish I could be like an alien, like K Pax, like, yeah. like just walking around being like, oh, this is what it's like. Because at Radio City, I didn't feel welcomed. I was like, yeah. wow, this is a weird dream I'm having. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel so small. Oh, I'm not going to do well. Yeah. Oh, I'm nervous. That's fun. Like, yeah. like that's 
that's my favorite space to be the appreciator of all things yes i love that oh my gosh what was your can question I, or tell me what, you, what else you thought yeah one thing on the old fogies thing i wanted to i wanted to say something Please. on that you know one of my one of the things I'm, I've played with, with like thinking about all these, what's great about writing a book, this is what people don't get. You think it's like you're creating this product and then you ship the product. It's more just like you get to think about something for a long time and just have a bunch of conversations about it. Yeah. And the funniest thing is you end at the end of publicizing the book, wishing you could rewrite the book again because you've just had a hundred conversations with wow. people about it. And, um, but the old folky thing I've been thinking about a lot in this whole journey, which is, you know, there are these nostalgics who are like, oh, the good old days when you could ride the train or you could do this or before the TikToks or before oh, the, or a lot of my, my orange VHS tapes from Nickelodeon or something. But Don't get me one started. of my goals is to free the essence of commitment from the past so that it can be in the future. By which I mean, you can start a tradition right now. Like, it does not have to be the old stuff. It could be some weird techno-cyber commitment. Yes, yes. You know, it could be like, you know, it doesn't have to be. Remember, we all used to sit at coffee shops and talk about ideas. It could be like, you are free we're, to all, do that. we're all doing something else. But if you, the essence that you love from the past is the commitment, is the fact that something grew. Yes. I never got this interview for the book, but um, I wanted to interview the guys that designed the Washington Nationals culture. Because you got the Red Sox and the Yankees, and they have Sweet Caroline during the seventh inning. They got the famous pinstripes thing. Yeah. And then you have this new baseball team in 2005, and it's like they have n all of baseball is commitment. All of baseball is just the the bucket. You yeah, know, yeah. Yankee Stadium is here, and it's has a hundred a yes. hundred years of leaves in it, and yes. it's the best soil ever. Um, but Washington Nationals has nothing, and I really wanted. I didn't get to interview them, but I really wanted to feature them because I want to say. The message of this book and this this whole message is, what are you guys going to start? And then they invented something. They invented the presidential head races where the three, four guys get into these giant presidential heads and they run around and they picked a song like they got, they picked a song for the seventh inning stretch. Yeah. And then the first year, it's like, the oh, first, yeah, the first, first time year, they play it, they're like, uh, okay. Uh, but then the second year, someone has a memory. They went with their dad the last year. Uh, then the fifth, now we're on year, you know, 15 of it. And suddenly it's like, oh, that was the song that played when we won the World Series. And that was the song that played when my dad's not around anymore. But but when I went with my dad, yes. that song played. And now the song in the seventh inning stretch has a crude meaning. And so yes. my message is don't go to Yankee Stadium. You don't have to be nostalgic for the good old days. Yes. You could be make the nationals and nationals. make your new thing. By the way, first of all, I love you, and this is great. Two, uh, so the first Christmas was that way. Yes. <laughs> like, the first Christmas was like, why are you bringing a tree inside? What a crazy. That's insane. Yes. Ho, ho, ho. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Second Christmas, all right, I'll hang my socks over by yeah, the fire. No, you're doing like, the thing again. The yes, shtick. The, the shtick. Yeah. Okay. It's all made up. It's yeah. all made up, but that doesn't mean it's not real. And now you see a tree and you like cry and weep exactly. with all of the meaning in your life. Just <laughs> lean into how weird it is. Yeah. It's all a, a, a co-conspiracy. Yeah. Yeah. Two things about that. One, my friend Yoni Weinberg, who I love, he, he's a great writer, a uh, very funny guy. He opted out. He only does dating in the wild. He's a single okay. guy. And he, he was just like, these apps are making me depressed. I got off all of them. And he used to come into the room and he was like, yeah, I got in an Uber pool and I met this young woman and he doesn't <laughs> know her five favorite foods. Yeah. They, and they go on a date yes. and they fucking live in the moment. And they, and he, he used to go on and on about how incredible it was not just to do it, but to reclaim, to realize what you're realizing, which is like, wait a minute. 
that's real freedom. You can go to a coffee shop. You can go to a trivia night. You can host a movie night where we're not allowed to flip. We're all going to yes. watch this fucking movie and we're yeah. not going to second screen. So there there are cases like Yoni that are doing this. The second thing Love I want to say about, about nostalgia that like, oh, we used to be able to ride the train. And I, I, I love my dad. I'm not shitting on him. But my dad didn't have a cell phone, but he was on his phone. Yes, yes, yes. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. people in the 80s that didn't have TikTok or didn't have, obviously, we're still up here just yeah. watching. Richard Rohr says, most of our thoughts is like a dog going back to its vomit. It's repetitive, <laughs> endless. <laughs> if you could type it out on on Tiki Tape, yeah. it, it would just be like the same shit yeah. over and over. Do they like nonsense anxieties? So there were people in the 80s taking the Amtrak from Boston yeah. to New York that weren't watching Instagram, but they were watching a looping video of a dog yes. catching a Frisbee because it was better than feeling their feelings. Totally. So there are always ways. That's what makes the phone so offensive, I think, is it's, to use a big word, it's the manifestation or the materialization of a problem human beings have always had, yes. which is we would rather look at some nonsense than actually do what we're doing. Yes, yes. <laughs> and honestly, to have some compassion there, often what we're doing is uncomfortable or uncertain. Yeah. So like, you'll catch me looking at my phone if I'm at, in a, yeah. a picnic and I don't know anybody. Yeah. Absolutely. But before I had my phone, I might have just looked down and, and thought about a Weird Al video that I really liked. Yeah. It's the same thing. Everything. It's the, similar. The, it's the hard the part thing. is everything is a, everything is a valley before you get the the gifts, basically. Mm -hmm. Like any commitment is basically like the first thing is always worse than Netflix. You know, <laughs> like it's like it's yes. like going to the community meeting, going to the neighborhood picnic the first time will be worse than seeing your old friends or or or, mm. or watching an interesting thing on online. Mm -hmm. It might be worse the second time and the third time, but then you just go down and then the goal is you just gotta or and that's just like meeting people, you know, starting a new starting stand up. You know, bombing is much worse yes, than yes, not, yes. you know, thinking the jokes alone in your in your head where they're good. Yes, um and yes. then and there's like a, also like an information aspect to it where it's like you enter something new and it's just like the chaos of meaninglessness. There's no, mm. your your psychological immune system hasn't kicked in yet. It's just like all this new information that has no meaning to me and no purpose to me and no community to me. But you just have to wait it out mm. and you just have to stick with it. And then you cross the line where it suddenly becomes better than Netflix or better than, yes. you know, something that's familiar. And then it just goes off to the stratosphere basically after that. Sorry to keep mentioning crashing, but but I am proud of it. And that was sort of the point was a lot of people want to be a famous comedian. And the whole thing was like, this is what being a famous comedian yes. is handing out flyers, being scared, bombing, feeling like you don't yeah. belong. And then, and this is what I heard you just saying. It's almost like the meaning of life. So much of our life is now looking back. I hang out with yeah. Moshe Kasher or something. You look back on the horrible stories and those actually are like the foundation upon which you built what it means to be a comedian. Totally. They're your badges of honor. Yes. All your best stories are the things you didn't want to happen. Yeah. No, I've, I've had times where I have, a, this is a totally weird feeling. I've never thought about it till just now, where I wish I had more bad things happen in the past to have funny stories about them. Yes. Or like not, or to have like, oh, the feeling of the grind or something or the, and I was like, oh yeah, that, that 
that aspect of my life wasn't as hard as it was. And right. I wish I had the horrible night or something. That's it. And so that must reveal something about the horrible nights that they're actually if we were really going to age like wine. Or yes, something. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if we had courage, we yeah. would pray or hope for. Yeah. Uh, Richard Rohr does pray yeah. for one humiliation a day. That's, that's <laughs> something that. that he said in a, his that. New Yorker interview. Yeah. And I just, I, I've, I've started doing it. They yeah. can be little, yeah. but when you start looking for them, they're yeah. kind of everywhere. If you're sensitive yes. like me, <laughs> that, that cashier gave me two pennies, but she took out the dirty yeah. pennies. She could have given me shiny pennies, you know, like, like something <laughs> pathetic like that. But like, if we were really, at the end of our lives, we'll look back and be like, I, I should have had more disasters. Yes. Because <laughs> that, that, and again, Richard Rohr says, if, if what you're doing is working, you'll never change. Mm. And change is sort of the juice of life, yeah. right? It's like the best to, to evolve and adapt yeah. and grow. And you won't do it unless something that you didn't ask for sort of, that's just how human beings are. Yes. We don't yes. change if it's working. That's how I feel about the the multicam I was doing, how we roll, just got canceled, yeah. and it like fills you with this charge that you, yeah. you it you didn't want it to happen, but suddenly you're like, I got to adapt, <laughs> I got to evolve, and you feel more alive than you yeah. have in a long time. Yeah, has that been hard? It's like, because it's, it's you know there's this aspect that a lot of people bring up, and I I really respect it as a critique of the commitment thing, which is you're not in charge of all of your commitments. That's right. And sometimes they can be ripped from you. That's right. That's but, the risk. Yeah, and so like you you, you put your heart into you this You pour thing, yourself all in. And, and like, you have all these, all the things I talk about. You have these senses of meaning. You have these rituals. You have these rhythms. You have this community. With other people, yeah. It was the most community And that thing must be done. really hard to have it be, you know, the it gods was. come down and say, the TV gods and say, yes. that's, that's not a thing. That bucket will be ripped from the post. Exactly. But that's because hard. I'm so sorry. That's hard. Oh, I appreciate that. But- it was hard, and I was honest about that. Val and I, Val's very good at being like, you need to like be, don't just, I'll, I'll candy coat the whole thing. Yeah. Be like, it was actually great. Here's why, you know? <laughs> but like, you notice these feelings of, of, of whatever it might be, dread or disappointment. Yeah. And then now we, we let them in and we have tea with those yeah. bad feelings. And it's okay. That's what sort of uh, doesn't charge them up. The pushing them away charges them up. Yes, but if you yeah. let them in, like little rambunctious children, oh, here's sadness. Come yeah. on in. Give him a hug. Tussle his hair. It, it, it's much better that way to say yes to these bad feelings. Yeah. So that was a great technique. Oh, I, I feel sad. Yes. Thank you. Sadness. All right. <laughs> great. Your brain has no idea yeah. what the fuck to do with that. It's like, he's saying thank you for the sadness. Like It, it, <laughs> it, 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 it takes away its charge. Yeah. But we did mourn it. And then I, I am happy to say that there was this like, oh my God, I'm writing. I'm all these ideas, yeah. but but not just inspiration, like life energy, like prana. Yeah. I was like, ah, I'm alive. <laughs> and like when you when you know what you're doing and your future is sort of has the illusion of being guaranteed, like season two. Yeah. That's someone saying like, here's what your 2023 will yes, be, yeah. and you're like, ah, that seems nice. But you're not busting with electricity that's yeah. that's actually more like a coast like yeah. the plane is in the air and now it's just going to coast and and glide on yeah. the air it's actually it, it can be more exciting i said on we made it weird it's like i was a pirate and i docked and i got yeah. off and i opened a spice shop and it was doing really well and yeah. then one day someone said you don't have a permit for these spices and i was like all right and i got back on the boat and then, and then to make it even funnier, another pirate ship started shooting me with cannonballs, and my ship—that's the show—is <laughs> now deteriorated. And all the spices yeah. are in the water. But the cool thing is, you get to grab a rope, 
put a knife in your teeth and swing and to the, the other boat. Again. Yes. yes. Yeah. And you go, ah, yeah. and you would never do yes. that. I love no that. pirate did that unless he had to. And later in that pirate's one-legged life, yeah. he was like, remember that time I put a knife and swung on a rope? <laughs> that was some insane shit. My that really shivered me timbers. <laughs> <laughs> but he wouldn't have done it unless his ship was being bombarded with cannonballs yes. and it becomes his best story. I love it. I love it. The, uh, my favorite, I think it's, I, I'll say the superlative. I think it's the most useful quote that I say to myself in my life. And Hit others. It. it's, uh, life has many chapters. It's I just love that. like, it's just, well, it's, like it's another way of saying this. Too you don't have pass. to pretend it's profound. It's just like, no, I like it, but it's just like you add the chapter where <laughs> you, you did this pretending. thing. Well, well that's... <laughs> you know, it's not, it's just, but it's like, it's just like, it's very, it's so deep and simple. It's just like, yeah. there's a time where you do this. If it, it's, it's basically like another way to say, um, this too shall pass. It's yeah, like, it's, it's basically like, have you yeah. read deep and simple? Oh book. no! What's deep and simple? Mr. Rogers' favorite book. Oh, I know, I know the quote. That's where I get the quote from from Mr. Rogers. Deep and simple. Oh, I didn't know it was from someone. Is it from that guy in like Hawaii that he was? Someone into? wrote a book yeah. called Deep and Simple. Yeah. I read it because it's okay. Fred's favorite book. Yes, I like it. Are right. you a Mr. Rogers fan? I love Mr. Rogers. Okay, he's he's like my hero. He's yeah. mentioned in the book. He's mentioned in the I speech. Know. Yeah, I know. And he was one of. He's like David. Letter. Maybe I just like these show hosts. But like, well, there's something Mr. About Rogers the, very similar. Where else? athletics uh yeah. tv shows you're gonna see commitment like writ large Lo there's that everyone of... understands yeah because I... I can't just be like oh my math teacher or something yeah, exactly yeah. <laughs> you, you don't know her or something yeah exactly um, it has to be someone we all know and i was thinking about how i really the moment that like really crystallized it was when i was like mr rogers walking into the studio in pittsburgh for his 848th episode yeah <laughs> and today it's about you know, today it's about how buddy you need the first you know ten were you like need to walk sharing. places or yeah. drive places or something. It's like some like some he's like running out of concepts to teach kids. Or that something. is how it is on <laughs> Daniel Tiger's neighborhood. We laugh about it all the yeah. time. The first season, it's like sharing makes you feel yeah. so good. Yeah. Season ten is like if someone waves at you and they weren't <laughs> waving at you. They're behind you. Like it's, it, they run <laughs> out of stuff good. pretty quick. I used to think about uh, Arthur moral quandaries. You know, every Arthur episode is a moral quandary that they, yes. and they're very simple. Season one, but it was the longest running cartoon after The Simpsons. Whoa! And by like the twenty third, you read the episode descriptions, Arthur and it's like wonders is if it's okay to reuse flaws. <laughs> yeah, it's like Francine said this to Muffy, but then Muffy said this back, and Arthur wonders if it was okay for Francine to do that, wow. given that Muffy was having a hard day. But Francine <laughs> also recently that. had a thing, yes, and it's like yes. Arthur Buster will untangle. This. Wow. This r slash uh, relationships question or something. <laughs> do, do you remember your question? I guess my question was about stand-up, and I guess it applies to this recent news in your life. Do you see your life as corpus or opus? Is it like I'm trying to make the great, the great American joke or something? Or is it like I am part of a show called Pete Holmes? that I'm committed to and all of these shows and all of the stand-up. I'll tell is, you what and, it is. And how do you think about commitment with regard to that? Because Well, it's another Conan quote yeah. coming at you hot. And you'll know the answer there is, is he was like, when he, like the Tonight Show went away yeah. and all these things, yeah. he was like, I look at my life like a mosaic. A yeah. mosaic obviously is art made with these little yeah. tiles. And he's like, sometimes you get a black tile and, and you, but you put it down and you don't understand what's happening. Sometimes you get like six, seven, eight, black dark gray mm -hmm. puke green 
these nasty colors. You, yeah. you wanted the shiny blues yeah. and the brilliant whites and whatever it might be. You think those are the light colors. Yeah. You're getting all these dark ones. And what is it? And then at the end of your career, you stand back and you go like, the dark ones created the contrast. Like yeah. They are what made bad defines yeah. good. They're the side. They say, now I'm going to another metaphor, but same coin, different size. Yeah, it's, this is, okay, here's a weird on uh on on in the news hollywood question sure about that exact thing do you think will smith <laughs> maybe this is too close to home i don't know do you think will i did smith? tell you i auditioned for king richard, oh, you auditioned so. for king richard <laughs> so, but it's like i think that well, makes me and will pretty tight, tight. <laughs> but again, we don't need to say it's just like in the abstract the proverbial will smith yeah he wins the oscar being a perfect person his whole life yeah and then he has to have the like anime of like i've done everything or he has this wrench thrown into his life yeah. right before the moment. Do you wonder if like, is there more pain and just like having the perfect, the perfect life or is there more um, pain in like having the wrench thrown in your life? Cause it's the mosaic thing. Like, cause yeah. 10 years from now when he decides how he wants to come back from this, exactly. That will be like the, the flavor in his life. Look, it's, my- I'm not saying it's good or bad that he did it. And I don't want to like make light of whatever it was, but like, looking at lives it's just such a story of a life that's what i i think you know where i stand yeah. we started talking about paraplegics mm-hmm. it's like these things that you wouldn't ask for often end up being yeah exactly what makes the thing a, a work of art at the yeah. end and that weird twilight zone ambro all you eat is ambrosia and everything's perfect yeah everything goes your way it, like the it's in the matrix where they're like you know the first matrix there was no suffering yeah because the machines <laughs> thought like machines and they yeah. were like well we just need them to be comatose let's make it no suffering but they, they were like we lost whole batches of people because they couldn't accept it oh, it's wow, like yeah. we know yeah. that it has to be the bad night at the oscars yeah. to inform the the good night at the or the good life or the black yeah. and the white you need both they define one yeah. another yeah, yeah, like when he comes back in five years and gives this beautiful, like, or not, or not, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. who knows? It's Michael Jordan you know, it, losing. Losing, like You have yes. to lose sometimes. Yeah, you have to go You have away. to play baseball yes. sometimes or whatever. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not being the millionth person to make fun of that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying it needs to be this. Yes. This yeah. defines this. this. Yes, totally. That's it. That's the yes. whole thing of life. All right. <laughs> we figured it out. Yes. <laughs> um, let's do a couple random questions before we get to the um, meaning of life. Have you ever seen a ghost? You seem like you haven't. I have not seen a ghost, but I'm a believer. Really? Yeah, I'm a believer. Yeah. By the way, I didn't mean that as an insult. Like yeah. you just seem like too happy. <laughs> no, yeah, I used to have a joke about seeing a ghost, which Tell was me. um you know, if I ever saw a ghost, my first response would be like, Oh my gosh, there's an afterlife. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> not I'm scared. And I don't get why all the people Kumail are scared. Has that bit. Oh, okay. Oh, he maybe goes, it's all oh my god. Ether. Because he I I, I don't want to say exactly, but he was like it would shake his worldview. Yeah, like, so oh I, my, like, God. my first thought wouldn't be like, yeah. oh my gosh, I'm in danger. It would be like the most important question in human history is like has a new piece of data. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I think it, when, when it becomes not someone from our yeah. plane who died and is now yeah. still inhabiting the castle that they lived yeah. in, when it becomes a little glimpse into the fact that there may be like an infinite potentially number of realities yeah. over lane and one of them just sort of bloop. <laughs> like just for a second, that's less uh, me serving. 
Yes. You know what I mean? I'm like, if I'm like, oh, I'll die and I'll be a ghost. That's good. Yes. <laughs> but if it's just like for no reason, just like a sponge with a tongue comes through the wall. Yeah. Ah, no, okay, that away. would be scary. Okay, you know that's what I mean? Fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I love that. No ghost. Have you ever almost died? No, no. I've had a pretty. Okay, sorry. When's the last time you shit your pants? <laughs> It's my exam. You know, I wish I'd almost died that I could talk about it. <laughs> yeah, if you don't have that one, you got to talk about yeah, poopy yeah. pants. Any good poop pants stories? No bad poop pants stories. Um, I, you know, I have, I did in high school. That was really bad. Yeah, that's I did a it bad in, one in computer science class. Oh no! And I was like, I was a good kid in school, and like I didn't, and I, I just, I made the right decision. I said. I'm going to get up and leave and whatever the teacher says, I'm just not going to listen and not comment and not say anything. That's the way to <laughs> so do it. So she says, you can't go. And I just was like, I'm going. <laughs> what? Did you eat something wrong? What happened? You just got a little too I don't relaxed. have to remember. I don't have a memory in of the computer details. science class. And you logged on. I'm sorry. And I, yeah. yeah, I'm so sorry. You logged on in computer science but class. But I was, you know, I was Don't be embarrassed. Those... The last time I did was I yeah. was trying to get online to look at pornography the night before my college roommate showed up. And I did it for so long that I was like, I can make it. I can make it. I can that's make a harder, it. That's a harder. That's harder. I did not make it, and I logged on, and I didn't log on. I couldn't get online. You know, it was I, hard I, did, back then. I made this is my recommendation for anyone who has this in high school. I came back, and I totally owned it to the two guys that were next to me. You were like, I just shit my I, pants. I just shit. Yeah, I just, <laughs> I just booed my pants because here we are. This is why I'm asking. <laughs> this becomes the good story. Yeah. You were just like, hey, guess what? What's up? <laughs> I just shit my pants, and yeah. like, oh, okay. It's like that's why I left. That's what happened. I threw the I threw away the boxers in the like, trash can. We'll see who's laughing when I'm giving this speech at Harvard, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I'm trying to think. Uh, oh, well, that's the question we'll get to at the end. Um, we've been. T- I feel like we've been talking about the meaning of life this entire yeah. podcast. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. In the best way. Usually, in the last thirty, we're like, no. let's talk about the meaning of life. But, but uh, in the interest of time. We'll just do it briefly. You mentioned Richard Rohr. You mentioned half Jewish, half Catholic. Yeah. What just, do you have any framework for the meaning of life? Any symbol system? Yeah. Any tradition that speaks to you? I have, I have two ideas that have sung a song in my heart. So yeah, what do I know about the meaning of life? But like, I can tell you about the deep songs in my heart. Hit them. One, and, and the, the, I came at them because I'm just like very, you can probably tell I like start from the abstract on down, stars down to soil instead of soil up to stars. But mm. I could start from the stars down to the soil. But, you know, I, I have these two ideas that I'm like fighting for in my public life, which are democracy and solidarity. Mm. But there's like a core concrete thing inside of each of those. So what's the thing inside of democracy? The thing inside of democracy in my, in my heart is like creativity. There's some spiritual thing about the fact that the world presents us with something and we come up with something else. Um, And there's this amazing philosopher, Roberto Unger, who says, there's more in us, in each of us individually, he has these grand quotes, there is more in us, in each of us individually, and in all of us collectively, than there ever is in the world. And the act of creation is the act of turning the tables on the world. The world gives you a script. It tries to code a machine in your head. But inside your head is also an anti-machine called the imagination. This is all This is the whole quote? (laughs) No, no. I stopped the quote and then just did summaries after that. That was Inside your head is an anti-machine called the imagination where the new is created. And I just think there's there's this something there's something really special. So that's him like putting words in a thing I just felt deeper than words, which is 
I just love the idea that people have ideas. And I just love it. I think everybody has ideas. And what I say, the project of democracy is the project of democracy is society admitting that everyone has ideas. Everyone can co-create our shared mm. world. And so I really believe in the like spiritual project of respecting the gifts that you are given as your ideas. And oh my gosh, I've been given a gift from the spirit world. It's an idea or it's a thing. And now I, if I find it to be authentic and true, I have to do the labor yeah. of bringing it into the world Elizabeth by painting Gilbert the painting. You know, yes, the idea yeah. comes to you, and if you say no, it'll go to someone. Yeah, else. it'll go to someone, and it's like, oh gosh. And then, and, and I, I really have to believe carry in this. Yes, and, yes. And, and then you do the work of that, and then the project in society is the project of saying. All the people, no matter their background, no matter where they're from, no matter where they are, they have the the spirit realm doesn't care like who they are in all the structures of our world. The ideas will come to them too. Mm. So that's one. So that's democracy. Solidarity is um, the core thing of that. Is like the unprofound thing of love. It's that if 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 the creation stuff is we want to help everyone achieve their dreams or realize their dreams, this is about seeing each other's dreams as our own. It's like the Martin Luther King stuff of mm. we're all bound in a in a in a single garment of humanity. We're all trying the Catholic stuff of uh, of I love this quote from Father James F. Keenan. I have like my little hero, intellectual heroes of all the different parts of it that have put words and what I've what I felt. Mm. He said, "Mercy is the willingness to enter into the chaos of others." Wow. And he's like, "That's what God did with Jesus." Is he said, "Oh, I'm in comfort." There's a lot of chaos down there. I'm gonna the the message of Christianity is God um, entered into the chaos of humanity, and what we have to do, what usually our sin is, is not like I drank when I said I won't drink or something. Mm. Our sin is the failure to bother to love, and love mm. is willingness to enter into the chaos of others. Oh, I have comfort, but someone's having a really chaotic thing over there. I'm gonna jump in. Right. I'm going to jump in like God jumped into us, yeah. <laughs> you know, and um, not yeah. that we're God, but that like yeah. we'll act as, as, yeah. as he did. And, and in doing that, in caring, in extending mercy to each other, the Catholics have this like phrase, the works of mercy, where they said, okay, if you don't know what we mean by that, I'm going to lay it out there. Feed, feed the hungry, give drink to the thirsty, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, uh, clothe the naked, visit the imprisoned, visit the sick, you know, yeah, bury the yeah, dead. Yeah. Um, uh, what you do in caring for each other, in being merciful to each other, is you weave us all together. You start mm. re-knitting the stuff that you repair the breach, you bridge That's the right. divides, you bring the outside in and the inside out, you know, and um, mm. and weave together the garment again. So, so. That's the work of solidarity, and so right. those are my those are my two. Was that too? What a stupid answer. My worry, my worry was, <laughs> what are my, you crazy? <laughs> what are you nuts? <laughs> it's fantastic. Oh uh, yeah. Who was that quote? Which quote? Which one? I don't remember. Oh, the, the big one. Roberto. No, no, no uh, shit happens. Who said that? <laughs> no, uh, his name is Roberto Unger. Roberto Unger. This, this. You have to text me a visionary a link to Brazilian that. American. Oh wow, but a yeah. little yeah, fantastic yeah. answer. Do you think when we die, it's over, dead over? I'm a, I'm a no, I'm a no on that. I think we got, I think we got something. Really? I don't know though. I don't. What I, fun. I, can I tell you? I, I don't know. I hate to say this, but I was like Harvard boy, computer science. He's probably like com- turn the computer off. No, no, no I'm a over. believer. I love it. <laughs> Look at you. Um, what and fun. I don't know. You know, I, this is such a stupid thought. Um, I, I tell myself. I literally. I'm gonna try to be honest and vulnerable here. I literally say, in my 40s, I'll think about that. <laughs> 
yeah. I'm like not ready to think about it too hard now. By the way, maybe I should. But in, and I've scheduled for myself. I said like I'm like set a reminder. Start thinking about what's in the afterlife. Yes, you know, start reading the traditions of that oh, or like feeling that. I'm calling but, you Petey. In, in I believe it's Indian. It is Indian culture. I just don't want to be wrong, but I'm going to risk being wrong. Ramdas talked about in Indian culture. It was like. Uh, you got your teenagers, then you got your twenties and thirties to like build your career, and and thirties to have your family, and then it's like forties, fifties. I might be getting the decades yeah. wrong. Then what we call retirement is when you're supposed to double, yeah. di- like dig in deep to the meaning of it all. Yeah. Like you play that, you dance the dance, yeah. And then in your golden years, you go like, okay, now what was all that? <laughs> it's like after the fact, yeah. But like. There's something beautifully respectful of that. It's like I'm going to just dance the dance, and then I'll go. Who was playing that music? Where was yeah, that music wanna, coming like, from? I just want to like sit in the the. I just want to sit with the the mundane stuff. You know, mundane and like earthly in the yes, deep sense of the word mundane. Like like we're all here and we all love each other and we do fun things and we make crafts and we love places and we yes. we go uh, sit on this couch and you know I don't want to. I'm just not. I'm not ready for that yet. I haven't I haven't circled in the circle of uh circling here and back to the that depth yet. I love it. But I my inkling, my heart, my heart is open to to the, the light there, the light at the end of the tunnel there. Ramdas also <laughs> used to say, I want to believe things that would make other people's hair turn white. <laughs> like he wanted to soften to the infinite potentials. Yeah. Like and I think there's something really admirable yeah. about that. We we went back to like believing in that that there might be a time for gay rights, you know, yeah. is one type of belief. Yeah. Then I think there's a spiritual or a cosmic equivalent to that yeah. being like start playing with those thought yeah. experiments and getting soft. It's I love it's that. fun and spacious. Yes. It's really fun. Well, I, I can't wait for you. What is this? What did you get me? Should oh, I open I it? I got you a gift. It's kind of um it's a book. I know you like these books that reflect on deep meaning. And I thought you'd like this one. Maybe you <laughs> maybe you have it already. Have you ever I read this it. one? No. Okay. The Gift by Lewis Hyde. You know, when I was talking about the imagination and the gifts and the yes. stuff and you, the Gilbert stuff? Yeah. This book is one of the two books that changed my life. Really? Um, the other oh, one was I Am Now by Martin Buber. Okay. Uh, the great one on like how to Boobie. relate to other people. This one is the... Um, Can this I just, is a bit... Sorry. Great rap job. Sorry. <laughs> I heard you, Martin. But I mean, like, ribbon. I just took yeah. it off. Like, it was a wrapper <laughs> no, no, around the McDonald's number occasion. two. No, that was great. This yes. is part of my joy of seeing this as an end in itself instead of a means. I'm That's like, oh, right. you know, we're seeing a person. I'm That's meeting right. him. I'm going to his house. <laughs> I got to bring him a gift. You and did. And what it's this is about gift. is um, it's about uh, the difference between gift. My dad was a cultural anthropologist. Oh, wow. um, everything makes sense now. If I'm like, it's all the stuff he was like. And um, so it's a very anthropological book. It's like about the difference between gift cultures and exchange cultures. So it starts with this like little like, you can have an exchange culture where I get something and you get something, or you can have this gift culture where like the gift flows between all of us. Oh my God. But then it just like starts expanding out and expanding out. And it's like, what about the gift of the artist's gift? And what about like the gift of the history of Judaism and Christianity? Mm. And what about like, uh, the, like the gift that Walt Whitman wrote about? And then it smiles out and then you start seeing the whole world in terms of the gift. Wow. And, um, all these artists love it. And I know you're, you're, you're you're on a creative journey, and I thought you'd appreciate it. Thank you so it. much, Pete. I really Lewis appreciate Hyde. that. And, and, and it sounds a lot lighter than the Jason Bateman movie, The Gift, which is about... I, I don't even want to spoil it. Did you see it? See oh, no. That was the movie version of oh, this Oh, really? <laughs> well, that was very dark. 
I don't even want to spoil that. But movie this is the novelization. <laughs> it was after the fact. I love when they write him like the first Batman. They wrote the book after yes, the movie came out, <laughs> and I read it. Thank you so much. Yes. Well, we've done it all. I love this episode. Thank you so much for oh, coming on. Thank you on. for having me on. I my, so appreciate it. My sincere pleasure. I, I, you know, I'm a. I I will say I'm a fan of the podcast. Oh, I'm and so I glad. am one of the parasocial listeners that you've been committed to and yes, being out every yes, Wednesday on the podcast. Right, that's right. And so it's so wonderful you to show try. up on Wednesday. <laughs> I don't think we've missed a Wednesday. Have we ever missed a Wednesday? Friday's ones sometimes come out late, but the Wednesday ones, I don't think we've ever missed a Wednesday. I think and I might. remember it. No. Ah, no, I remember that one. <laughs> Margaret Cho. Mar- Margaret Cho hasn't. Why did I pick one of the few people that hasn't done the podcast? Um, thank you so much, oh, Pete. The last thing. question, as you know, is can you tell me a time that you laughed really, really hard in your life? Any guess? Where maybe you were little. <laughs> Maybe someone fell down. Maybe you shit your pants in computer science <laughs> yeah, class. Can you not think, a laugh? <laughs> it doesn't even have to be a good story, but like I just like giving you the chance to have the mm-hmm. memory. If tears are streaming down your <laughs> face and you just can't stop laughing, yeah. how old are you? Who are you with? What are you doing? Um, one of the great loves of my life is my high school friends. I've had these high school friends my whole life. Every time we get together, it's just constant comedy jazz the whole time it's there's no serious conversation it's yes. just bits bits yes. bits 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 yes. bits bits and um and there's this there's the great bit that is like the legendary bit among our friends what is it it's called sugar bear <laughs> oh i know sugar bear oh yeah sugar bear yes. yeah you guys have a sugar bear we yeah, everybody has a sugar, the sugar bear. bear is tell me sugar okay bear. matt gertson plays sugar bear i know matt, <laughs> okay. matt gertson Sugar Bear is some woodland figure. I don't know how it came out of nowhere. Sugar Bear is some woodland figure. He just like is a man of the woods. He's a woodsman. It's a man. <laughs> yeah, it's this man of the woods. It's yeah. not a bear. Yeah. Sugar, his name is Sugar Bear. And the rest of us, I don't know how this happened. It's just a rise, a rose, and everyone. It's the undisputed goat of all of our bits. Like we can name, like we sometimes play a game of like bits back and forth if we can name 17 yes. or something. Yes. It's undisputed goat. Sugar Bear is this woodsman. He kind of mumbles, but... All the rest of us are his press team. <laughs> and we are just always, um, we're all uh, accounting for Sugar Bear. So, so we, we, come, we start out and we go, we go uh, you know, Sugar Bear, Sugar Bear is a very learned man, but, you know, he doesn't learn from books. And then, and then Gertson would come and he'd be like, Yeah, and he's Sugar Bear. And then we'd be like, don't worry, Sugar Bear, Sugar Bear has seven wives or something. And then like Sugar Bear... Sugar Bear, Sugar Bear's a king. Yeah, most to some. of it is saying Sugar Bear. I feel <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. like it's just fun. Sugar to Bear is a king uh, to many men. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, yeah, Sugar Bear. And, it's like, and then it's like we're slowly building the story of him, and then he pops in, and then goes, <laughs> and we'll just we could do it. We could. Do it. I could let you know if you want. If anyone wants to do this at home, you can do it for seven hours. Well, I want to do it. <laughs> Sugar Bear declines free haircuts. This is just <laughs> yeah. something you need to know. He Sugar insists. Bear, that's what you do. You got you declines free haircuts. Sugar Bear likes to do that himself. <laughs> it's just, it's like, um, just like what was it. that Barb and Star where they're like talking about the fictional uh, character? I forget what it is, yeah. but they show up at the uh, spoiler. They show up at the oh, end. No. <laughs> we all watch that during the pandemic. It's okay. I love that. It sounds like you have rich, good, oh, deep lovely. friends. I love them. Yeah. And you've committed to them. Yes. And you're part. I'll never forget the 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 nail in the pot, uh, the bucket with yeah. the. I, I, I've already forgotten it. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, thank you. Yeah. The book is called Dedicate Your Life, Change Your Life, right? <laughs> close, close. Dedicated. And uh, and it's not by Pete Davidson. It's by yes. Pete Davis. Yes, the one and time. you are Googleable. Yeah, damn okay, it. So you Google Pete Davis and then you click, did you mean Pete yeah. Davis? Because yeah. it will automatically say. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> we want to get you to the point where you, if you Google Pete Davidson. That's says, my goal. Sorry, that is my North Star. <laughs> obviously, you meant Pete Davis, the author. One day. One yeah, day. The, the guy or who's going to think about spirituality in his 40s. That or guy, not. right? <laughs> Yeah, or not, or not. Well, thank you so much. Would you grace you, us Pete. with a keep it crispy? Would you say keep it crispy? Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. It's an honor. Keep it crispy. You keep it crispy. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> Great. I love it.